So all right, you know what I'm saying? This is Julian Lytle, the Ric Flair comics, the future second king of comics. You know what I'm saying? Stunning in my Google Glass. And we're about to introduce you to another episode of 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Yep, there it is. See, I was going to do something different. Why? I was, I was because I was going to say Happy New York. Oh no. Oh well, but the, I mean, you did it right there. That's nice. Well, this is all the. They're not going to hear this. This is all the under the music and everything. Well, I think they will hear it. I'll make it sound. Yeah, yeah. It it feels fucking weird. This. Wow. I'm serious. I don't, I, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sure, but it, it, this was, you know, yeah, Heroes came and went, and, and we were looking forward to it, and we knew when it wasn't going to happen, and that's fine, and, and it's not fine, but, you know, we got past it, and, you know, next year, bigger and better, but, you know, this is, this weekend, what, I mean, I'm still off, I, I still took my leave from work, but it's still, uh, New York's the home show, we'd be, we would be, Heading back to Jason's right now, probably, and and it it's it's yeah no it, it, it this one stinks. I mean, I'm pissed off that we didn't go to Heroes for certain reasons, but New York stinks. Well, I think this is a good um, substitute for the missing. It is, and I mean, and I try not to think that you know, yes, episode 700 would have coincided with New York Comic Con, but that would have been we nice. are going to make up for it. Yeah, yeah, that, that would have been pretty neat, man. We would be doing the conga line down every aisle. Dun, dun, dun. Every aisle. Yeah. Getting all the we artists involved. Gotten so many like bumpers, people like wishing us the hat, you know? Oh, yeah. Dope. I'd be coasting on them for decades. Yeah. Decades. Sure. Yep. But we do not rest on our laurels here at 11 O'Clock Comics because this is 11 O'Clock Comics episode 700. Damn. Yeah. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I used to say that... It would have been seven hundred weeks, but we can't say that anymore because we've we've we do more than one a week sometimes. Right, right. Well, I mean, for you and myself, it's like what six fifty episodes. We we Easy. probably missed about more fifty. We're, we're more than that. We're we're, we're we we got to be up in the the six eighty six nineties. Right, it's right. Not, we've, you've each missed less than ten episodes. Oh, absolutely. Like combined. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. And Jason's rounding the corner on five hundred. <laughs> Is this a new thing? Are we going to make this joke every week? No, that's oh, actually man. that's actually not my joke. As <laughs> as you'll hear in the voicemails, that's it's not my joke. I cannot oh, take credit for that. I don't that. mind if a listener makes the joke, but you you made the you made the same type of joke last week as well. Yeah, yes. well, yeah, I'm lazy. You've know. been beating that horse. I'm lazy. Yeah, no, that's cool. Keep, yeah, keep beating the horse. That's great. Wait a kumbaya as we head into the anniversary episode. But I uh, so loved. Nice. But who are you? <laughs> well, I was going to remind you all that I'm everybody's favorite boombox, aka Blaster. That's cool. But you said you were going to remind everybody. You was what? What? So, are you going to be Blaster or not? I yeah, of course. I mean, what? you might not know it because I'll be transformed. I'll just be in the corner. 
put baby in the corner, but nice. I'll be there still. In the spotlight? No. Nobody puts Blaster in the corner. Yeah, you're not Blaster. You're Jason Wood, everybody here gathered together. Three that are one for our 700th episode. And remember, I'm not even going to do a segue just because we love them so much. And they were here. They are here every episode with us as a sponsor. We thank them. We love them. And it's Discount Comic Book Service dcbservice.com where you get your books you get them fast you get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying hosanna put the knee pads on because it's time to genuflect at the altar of savings yep the specials are up they are many i have selected three spreading it out again this time for your education from marvel i will personally Go door to door to door to door and shake my bony little Sicilian finger at you if you don't order this book. It is The Defender's Omnibus, hardcover, volume one. You got to get the Neil Adams cover. You don't bother with that Gil Kane shit. Get the Neil Adams one. (laughs) Doctor Strange, The Hulk, The Submariner. But I think Defenders. I think Neil Adams. Right. The Silver Surfer. And the Valkyrie, they are the dynamic defenders, comics' greatest non-team, and they do not rely on bylaws and butlers. little jab there to the Avengers. They join together in moments of utmost crisis to face incomprehensible enemies like Dormammu, the Nameless One, and the Enchantress. But when the defenders encounter heroes of a more conventional stripe, it's war. The Watershed Hero versus Hero Avengers Defenders War, no less. This massive omnibus also sees Hawkeye, the Black Knight, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Nighthawk, and Damon Hellstrom join the Defenders in classic adventures. It's a must-have edition, collecting Roy Thomas, Steve Englehart, and Len Wein's complete Defender runs in one beautifully restored volume. You get Defenders, 34, oh no, sorry, you get Submariner, 34, 35, Marvel Feature, 1 to 3. Defenders, 1 to 19. Giant Size Defenders, 1 and 2. Avengers, 115, the B story. And 116 to 118. Wow. It's a massive book. It's a $100 cover price. But you're kind of getting a Kleenex and, and you know dabbing your eyes because you're only paying 50% of that. You're paying $50 for this book. You got to order it. From DC, this is another one. Manhunter by Archie Goodwin and Walter Simonson, deluxe edition hardcover. It is the cult favorite Manhunter epic from the 1970s, collected in deluxe edition hardcover. Archie Goodwin teamed with rising star Walter Simonson for a short feature in detective comics called Manhunter. Colored by future superstar Klaus Jensen, conceived as a colorful contrast to the dark lead story starring Batman, Manhunter was adventurer Paul Kirk, who crisscrossed the globe in an espionage caper with the mysterious council that trained him in pursuit. The story culminated in a team-up with Batman with a fateful ending for Manhunter. It collects stories from Detective Comics 437 to 443, plus the silent epilogue story first published in 1999's Manhunter, the special edition. Now, what would you think you're going to pay for this? 12 bucks. No, it's a 17.99 cover price. Oh, uh, then 9 bucks. 
you would be exactly right. Eight ninety nine. Throw the penny in for good luck. Nine dollars. You save fifty percent. Last, but in my heart anyway, certainly not least, from Warrant Publishing. It is the first issue of their new. Uh, I think it's bi-monthly magazine, Vampiris Carmilla magazine number one. It revives the iconic Warren illustrated horror magazines of the 60s and 70s by replicating Warren's early page layouts and publishing new classic style work by original Warren artists, writers, and editors. Each issue is a highly collectible instant classic. That is a bullshit solicitation. Sorry, but (laughs) that's what they have here. Um, let me tell you from somebody who's been with Warrant Publishing from the start. They have come the absolute closest to reviving that old-timey Warren feel. Dark Horse tried it with Eerie and Creepy. Harris tried it. Nobody has managed to come this close. Um, and you, you, you can't go home again, right? But Vampirus Carmilla and the Creeps, that's the, the, the brother magazine, um, you can drive by the street and look in the window of your old house, right? You can't go in, but the feeling may still be there. And uh, I think the title of this magazine is brilliant because Vampirus Carmilla, right? You have vampire in the first word, and you have the double L-L-A in Carmilla, so you might as well call it Vampirella. Right, and that's what it's modeled after. It's a female lead, a female horror host, very sexy. The cover is done by Ken Kelly. Do I need to tell you who Ken Kelly is? No. I hope not. Uh, Ken Kelly is a, a Warren artist. Also did the cover to Destroyer, Kisses Destroyer, and the cover to Love Gun. Ken Kelly's a master painter, and he has done this cover to the first issue of Vampirus Carmilla. But anyway, the cover price is a respectable five ninety-five. It's not bad for a magazine these days. But you are super smart, and you go to dcbservers.com, you are going to pay 40% of that, $3.57. It's crazy. dcbservers.com does not mind late orders or order editions to get your books delivered right to your door. Go there, dcbservice.com. And we thank you for being here for 700 episodes. Damn Skippy. It's true. Yep. I Happy think... anniversary, booze. And to you. Doesn't I even feel like it. Yeah. Oh, what's uh, what's in your glass, Mints? Well, uh, in keeping with my magical thinking, my magical mindset, I have three things. Oh! Mm. Yes, because it's symbolic and conceptual and does the ritual proud. I'm drinking from Sloop Brewing. This is called the Juice Bomb IPA. Uh, Juice Bomb, sorry, Northeastern IPA. That's what I have first. Then I have from Deschutes. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Deschutes, Deschutes Brewing. It's Fresh Haze India Pale Ale, which uh, intensely juicy, ooh, irresistibly hazy, freshly squeezed. No fruit was harmed in the making of this beer. I hope it's not super sweet because then I'd have to rip my dick off. Um, and, <laughs> and last but certainly not least, the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. So, 
Respect. Yeah. Well, we'll let Dap go last because he always has the most interesting things to say. Uh, I'm I'm not triple dipping. I'm double dipping though. Uh, right now, I'm drinking Gravity's Pull from uh, the Deciduous Brewing Company in New Market, New Hampshire. It is a uh, double IPA. And then, when that's done, from the Lupulin Brewing Company in Big Lake, Minnesota, I have the Sophistry India Pale Ale. Both delicious. Have, I've had, had both of these before, but uh, I wanted to make sure I... You guys know I, I did this uh, this beer club, this Tabor, and uh, I'd say it's been like an 80% hit rate, which feels pretty good. Yeah. But uh, for tonight, I wanted to make sure that what I opened up and drank would be a hit, so I went with uh, two cans that I had already had, so I, I knew for sure. So I had 100% guaranteed hit rate. How about you, Dap? Uh, this is a aged six years small batch bourbon whiskey. This is, uh, I mentioned this when we were speaking with uh, Sean Crystal. This is Bib and Tucker. Uh, it's a 92 proof, and it is, I'm, I'm enjoying it over a really large ice cube, and um, and it's extremely tasty. I, I uh, it, it's, yeah, it, it's dangerous. I got to be careful. With this uh-huh. it, it doesn't, it, it, it's, it's not like a Knob Creek where it's going to maybe attack the back of your throat. Like Vince on prom night. It's not, um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> the front, it's of the, front of your tongue, maybe <laughs> your front two teeth. Um, but yeah, and it's not, it's, it's, it's not, you know, watered down or, or, or thin like, uh, like other lesser whiskeys could be, but no, this 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 is uh, this is really good. I'm 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 both happy and sad that this is not available at the local spot I usually go to because um, they wouldn't be able to keep it on the shelf if uh, if they did carry it. But um, there you go. Well, it right sounds on. sounds good. Yeah. So let's get a little bit more lively here because this is the anniversary episode. And we have a little bit of thank yous. Well, we have many thank yous, right? Some so of them are many goddamn thank yous. Some of them are tied into other things. Yep. Yeah. So we got some some wonderful um, gifts from listeners. Uh, Jason, why don't you tell them about the first one, which again is is a trio, a triad of similarly themed uh, items. I don't know if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, um, but are we? I was. We Davin. have many thank yous. Start oh, with Dab. Well, why doesn't Dap do that? Because Dap's got the card handy. I do have the card handy. Um, the uh, yes, for those who aren't on the Slack, for those of you unaware, um, we we were lucky enough to welcome and congratulate. The growing of two families, two EOC families, um, recently in the past couple of months. One of them is Davin. Um, and Rod, who is a scholar and a gentleman, an absolute bench, he, uh, he, he, he 
corralled us all together. Um, and we all, we all got together and, and, and pitched in, um, and surprised Davin and his wife and, and Wade, the other new father and his wife. And, um, and as a thank you, uh, and, and a congratulations to, for us not killing each other, and making it to 700 episodes, Davin was kind enough to send us, um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a care package, more or less, and and uh, we each received um, books. Uh, we received a T-shirt, each with a different iron-on. Um, I absolutely love my. I, I mean, I love yours. Jason's is absolutely fitting. I love Vince's, um, but mine is, is is the best. And you have um, and there's two questions on the back that 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 he ties in to 700 and and. That that's going to be somewhat of a little bit of a theme tonight. We we uh, we asked listeners, we asked patrons, um, we threw some things out there. You'll hear some voicemails, but uh, you'll hear some um, some things that the listeners want to uh, extend. But Davin sent a beautiful card. Um, absolutely love it. it. It's extremely touching because I and I know Jason had. Uh, you had your wife read it, and and I, I handed it to my wife as well. And this isn't something that this is something I've heard before because when I tell my wife about our our, our convention weekends or about what some listeners what they do or what they say what they tell us, um, and even still to this day, twelve years later, it, it's still humbling and flattering, and 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 I kind of have to pinch myself sometimes because I don't from this seat, I don't really, I don't see it. I I just, I really don't get it. But what, what Davin writes in this card is pretty much um, what my wife has always tried to tell me when, when, when she tries to explain why we probably have um, the listeners and the the friends we've made um, because of the show. So it's, it's, it was just, it's one of those situations where, you know, when, when, when your loved ones or your friend tells you something and you don't really hear them, but when a complete stranger says the same exact thing and then that's the person you listen to, like not the person closest to you, but someone who has no idea who you are, that's when you finally listen. And, um, and it's just reiterated the, that, that thought. So I'm, I'm starting to get it and, and I sincerely appreciate it. But inside the box, along with, with that awesome t-shirt, uh, we're, we're, we're two awesome trades um one of them is uh is by charles forsman and it's revenger volume one and i've read some of forsman's revenger work um thanks to comiXology but um but i absolutely love uh this collection and the other is from sean wang it's called runners um which is something i am not familiar with at all uh but i really really like the art in it but um but yeah, I'm looking forward to to uh, digging into both of these. Uh, what did he send you guys? I got the Slasher by Charles Forsman. Nice. I'm going to read that for next episode. Okay. Yep. We'll do Forsman Rama. We should. Jason. Uh, yeah, I don't have it's downstairs, so I don't know. I, I don't have it handy, so. But he does, and in light of this episode, my answer may change. Uh, he did ask us a couple questions, 
and it yes, was the the it was cool that the first one was like uh, uh he thinks it would be nice if we can share our thoughts of meeting each other for the first time yes where did it happen what was the context when did it happen was it an immediate i'm going to like this guy thing and, yeah. and i think i know the answers to both of those for both of you but i'm uh, i will go ahead vince well i met david before i met jason uh at least physically Yes, and, well, it's, and 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 online too on the forums. But yes, it, it's yeah, all it's, tied to the CGS uh, comic comics keeps speak. That was the uh, the unifying thread way back when. And uh, um, David and I met at CGS one hundred. One hundred. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, I knew because I had spoken to him online through the forum, and and we read each other's posts, and I felt like I knew him um before and and i gave him some jazz and he gave me some stuff and we shared discs and it was fun you know and uh it just felt uh he was a little bit tight-lipped because dap is not super on outgoing if you if he doesn't know you well like he you know he keeps it a little close to the vest which is fine and you know i can be an asshole when i want to be um and but (laughs) i mean it was we we CGS 100 was recorded live at um, at Golden Eagle at the comic shop that that the CGS guys were all all met at, um, and uh, and we we um, I I drove to Bruce's house, Bruce Rosenberger, who was also a friend of the CGS board uh, guys, and and I drove to his house, and he drove to Golden Eagle. I believe Ian Levenstein was with us, and. Um, and so I was, I was like removed from my comfortable bubble, and I was surrounded now by people who I only know through a message board, through their online handles. And and it was weird, you know, putting faces to names and seeing people and and seeing how people interact in real life as opposed to online. And pretty much everybody how they behaved in the in the message boards and on on brightdemer.com were very similar to how they behaved and, and and acted in in real life so it was it was it was comfortable but yes as, as vince is because vince had marty everybody kind of was there with other people that they know and and aside from me traveling with with bruce and ian i didn't really know anybody so i right. I, I did feel like a bit of an outsider so i kind of i did i i, I moseyed around the store a little bit and and um and i i, I kind of orbited around certain people but yeah i mean it was but yeah vince and i for whatever reason it it's we 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 clicked on the message boards we, we either we picked on or 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 um had our inside jokes with, with certain yeah. people and and it just didn't and and for whatever reason it clicked and 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 it just I'm, I'm so glad it did but um and it could have completely went a different way and i'm glad it didn't um and that was that was 100 and i went to 200 i didn't meet jason until after we started recording 11 o'clock comics um and i think i met him what at uh you met him at 300 300 maybe 200 but i didn't i i i I don't know if jason went to 200 um but yeah you i didn't make it to 300 i know you guys met at 300 yeah i think i believe it was 300 because i had to leave early and uh but i again i knew jason from the the cgs forum and when we were doing the show when we were, we were thinking of doing this show um i had remembered jason's posts 
as being um, very well written, very well thought out, uh, intelligent. I don't always agree with a lot of the things he was saying, but that's okay. Who cares, right? Uh, but the foundation, uh, the brain was visible through whatever it was he was writing. So I thought, hmm, let me see if I can get this guy uh, to, to do it with us. Because I had, I mean, I, I had spoken with him, but not at super great lengths. Um, but when we brought him in, uh, for me anyway, uh, I think it worked immediately. Um, and again, I, I usually like people that can be a little bit of an asshole. Um, and, you know, <laughs> no, you, you, you can, you can be a little bit of an asshole and it's fun. I like that. I don't, I like, I like the fact that you're not adverse to saying what you feel and you do it with such panache and you're, you're, you use a lot of 10 cent words and that's fine by me. I, I mean, I, we, we need a grounding of intelligence in this show because if it was up to me, I'd be shooting from below the belt the whole time. Uh, so uh, two things. One, uh, I felt super guilty of just now about not having the book handy. So I did, uh, as you guys know, squirrel myself downstairs real quick to grab the book. Uh, because I, I, because just to echo your point, Dap, the letter that Davin wrote us was, it, it made me verklempt. Like I literally was like tearing up because I thought it was so lovely and so genuine. And I, like you said, I mean, my wife is super supportive of, of us doing this and is always thrilled to have you guys at our house, which you would normally be at this weekend. Um, but you know, she also has zero interest in comics and, uh, I let her, like you said, read the card and she was like, wow, this is just, she's like, I know this isn't the first kind of thing you've gotten like this, but it always is so, it's got to make you feel great. And it really did. So, um, so just to, uh, cause I, it's only fair. So, so I did grab the book and he sent me a Charles Forsman book as well. I am not okay with this, which is also a <laughs> Netflix series. Um, so I'm going to check that out for sure. And then I don't know if you, I don't think either of you have ever watched the show, the affair. Did you watch that show? Uh, no, no, not not yet. Okay. The reason I bring that up is because The Affair, for those of you who don't know, was an HBO show. Um, and the premise was uh, a husband and wife are going through a divorce and a separation because he has an affair. Uh, the star of it is uh, is the same actor who played McNulty in The Wire, for those of you who like yeah. The Wire alums. But, but anyway, um, the premise of the show was cool because each episode was – an hour, but each episode was was essentially two one half hour vignettes of the same things, where um, like one episode would be his wife and his uh, viewpoints of what happened in a given scenario, and then the next episode might be his mistress and his viewpoint. But the point was, even though you were watching the exact same events over the course of a day, they were just wildly different based on each of their respective interpretations or memories of it. And I bring that up because I'm hearing you guys reminisce about our first times meeting. And I'm thinking, oh, this is like the affair. Because <laughs> um, all three of us were at episode 100. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, but that said, here's where it gets interesting. I remember saying hello and shaking Vince's hand and having just a few pleasantries, but but nothing in depth at 100. Uh, I don't remember meeting you, Depp. So yeah. I think you and I were both there kind of solo yeah. and kind of just on the periphery. I, like you said, very similar to your experience at 100. I went to 100 almost on a whim. I was a big fan of CGS. I was a completely siloed comic fan at the time. 
uh, Reading didn't seem too far away from our house. Spur of the moment, I said to Beth, hey, I'm going to go to this thing. She said, have fun. I drove to the mall, like you said, parked at the mall, walked in. The only people I knew there, at least quote-unquote knew, were the CGS guys, even though they didn't know me because I listened to the podcast. And I really didn't interact with many people, and um, kind of that was that. So, you know, we probably were within a couple feet of each other at certain points and just didn't know it. Now, Vince, your memory's a little hazy because episode 200 is when we had our first big conversations. Wow. Um, Okay. We were at that bar. I forget what it was called, but that bar that they always had the events at. Oh, right. Yeah. And I was I was sitting at a table with Julian Lytle, who's going to come up later tonight, uh, and uh, and Andy Jewett and a few other people. And we were having this strange conversation about religion because, you know, Andy's a pretty devout yes. Christian yeah. and I'm a unabashed atheist. And somehow or another, we got to talking about that. And you were in the corner right behind us standing on the, against the wall with Marty. And I think I got pretty turnt, and I had to go to the bathroom, and you were like right in front of the bathroom, and we ended up striking conversation. And I felt at the time like I was talking your ear off because you were giving me that like stoic, like yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, this guy just doesn't like me at all. Like, but I found you fascinating, like your I don't know your whole vibe. So I I, I remember we talked, but you probably don't remember it as much as I do. And then 300, because that's what like 300, we were already like we were already doing the show at 300. Because you and I were super tight, and then you called, like, you had to leave because of Marty's mom, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think. Uh, but, so like, we were already doing the show because you, you were, you like, you were already, we were already, like, super close because you called me after you had to leave and we're like, I got to go and blah, blah, blah. Like, so, oh, we, okay. like, we were already good friends by then. Right. That, that year made the difference. So, yeah, so we met at 200, and then between 200 and 300, you approached, like you said, with the show. And so, Dap, like, I mean, we technically were within the same presence of one another before we ever knew but like you said we didn't really meet face to face until we started the show yeah. and uh in the interest of davin's i think the heart of davin's question um i thought vince was like super cool from the start but i got the sense he didn't think as much of me so i was kind of surprised when he reached out about doing the show um and like you said i think he did it almost because he thought it would be fun to have a uh like a yin, yin to a yang type of thing um no he's just like I, smart I just told I, well, I appreciate that, but I've told this story many times on the show, and Dap hasn't denied it. I was convinced, <laughs> not only up until the point that we started the show. This is the diva thing, but from you. This is awesome. Absolute D-bag until we actually got to know each other. Like, including up to the point where we started the show. Like, I think for the first, oh, I don't know, gosh. three to six months of the show, Dap had, like, the, like, mm, I like kind of like the, the 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 grimace every time. Like I don't know about this guy. And then somehow I think across the chasm, right? Like oh I think, my God. you know. And I think there were a couple things which we don't have to get into that like helped break that, like bring us together. But but then from there it was like kismet. I mean, right. And not to get corny and cheesy, but since it is an anniversary episode, I will say that you calling me and convincing me to do the show, Vince, was life changing for real. Because like, I mean. We've said this before in other anniversary episodes, but like, you know, you two are, are two of my very best friends in the world, and I don't speak to other than my wife. There's no one I speak to more frequently than you two. No. Um, and and then beyond that, I mean, you know, I don't have a lot of close friends, like, in real life in the sense that I live in a very, very Republican conservative town, and, uh, you know, I work a lot. So, like, be, beyond you two, who are two of my best friends, like, the, the EOC community, all bullshit aside, is like, I mean – that's my friend group, you know, like we between Slack and the cons and like, you know, Cliff and Vander and, and, and Justin on, on our little side thing that, you know, chat like we like the, those 
all the collective EOC community are like my friend. Like that's my friend group. Right? Like those are the people I'm sharing good news, bad news, jokes, quips, stuff I wouldn't want to say in public. It, like it's that's just like you are my people, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, but but uh, yeah, that's there. There is no is. coincidence. There is only incidents. Look at you. No, Zap, get on the record since this episode that, that there was. Is like, this, I is this to... your packing the courts question? Because I'm never going to fucking uh, what actually. Episode, what episode did you decide it wasn't a d bag? I never. The, this is this is this is how I remember it happening when Vince decided to pull the plug. Oh boy, humble pimple. Here we go. If we gotta go back, we gotta go back. If he's gonna pull out his Christ diva, Almighty. so, so, so we were we, we were fine. A little while later, Vince wants to do another show because because it, it's you know it, it's an, it, it's an addiction. Let's let's blood. see. You, you no, oh, okay, it's an addiction. That's what it is. No, because I missed doing the thing with you, and I it was the the thought of doing an open ended show where we could talk about anything we wanted and not just Marvel. That was very appealing to me, but the it, we could be talking about Holly Hobby, or Absolutely. or or Hello Kitty. the 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 point was getting back to doing a weekly thing with you, and, and yet you're I, not telling me I'm wrong because that was the reason. I'm not going to tell you wrong. Go on. I should interject because this is probably relevant to this whole thing. Is that I was an avid listener of Bullpen Bulletins without having any connection to you all beyond that. Like I. I had met Vince. I hadn't really met you, but I listened to every episode. What was it, thirty-two episodes or whatever? And uh, yeah, so I was I was a listener, much like many people listening now to your and, show. And the thing that I love most in this entire world is conceptual continuity. Frank Zappa's entire career is built around conceptual continuity. Things that. He instigated in the beginning of his career. He dragged kicking and screaming through the entirety of his ovoir. I love that when a, when an idea can outlast a human being. And that's the main reason why I, ha- I asked Chris to do the show with us. Yes. Because yes. Chris appears in the last episode of Bullpen Bulletins. Right. And Chris sure. is also the reason... He's he, he was there for the birth of bullpen bulletins. Right. Yeah. Uh, he kind of instigated it. Wizard World Chicago, right? He yeah. did. It was Wizard World Chicago 06 when um, we were sitting around uh, by the elevators, and it was uh, it was me, Vince. It was Chris Somney. His wife Laura was Cullen Bunn. Yep. And his wife Bun and, and Mike Oliveri, and um, and we were all Stupid. sitting there, <laughs> so just, just just bullshitting away. Dude. <laughs> what? Do you remember what? when I did that on the CGS forums when Cullen Bunn came on and I did the the the, the image of the oven with Cullen's face inside of it <laughs> and I said, "Look, there's a bun in the oven." And like he didn't he did not reply at all. It <laughs> was gold, so, Jerry. So we we uh so, so Sean and his 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 friend Jim were doing Raging Bullets, which was a DC fan podcast. And Chris said, "You know, there should be a Marvel version yep. of that." And um, and for some reason, he said, "You know, you and Vince should do it," uh, pointing to me. So that 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 idea just kind of burrowed into my brain. For and I, we, he, we got home. He no, he primed my tank 
because they let me around comics. They let me interview John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. that that weekend. I don't know yeah. why oh, they didn't want to do it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I got oh, to interview right. John Romita Jr. and I'm like, hey, oh, shit, I forgot about that. I said this is kind of fun. You know, yeah. I I like talking one on one with these artists. Not not so much the oh my voice is going to be heard on a podcast. I didn't give a shit about that. I, I was grooving on the fact that here I am sitting with not only the son of one of the greatest comic book artists of all time, but a damn fine comic book artist in his own right. And I love Ramita Junior stuff. So I got to talk with him, and just from that, I was just like, oh, I, I I understand this now. This is this is intriguing. I could do this. I think. So you, you have, we have we have a lot to blame. Um, yes, Chris and around comics for. So 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 once we got home that weekend, um, we looked up URLs, domains, hosting, all that shit. Libsyn, blah blah blah. Um, so so that was fun, and it was. But there was it a complete one eighty from what anybody's used to with eleven o'clock comics because there was no there was no set schedule. There was um, no. That's what killed us. The format was we're going to talk about Marvel comics. Yeah, but, but Vince, but because you, but you also whether it's your OCD or but no you had to. It took. We would get together and talk on a Monday night, but that episode wouldn't come out to like the following Thursday. We yeah, away. it was bad. Um, the I was um, a neophyte in the uh, not in audio production because I was I had been making my own music for a long long time so um the technical side of audio production was not strange to me uh, but anticipating what listeners wanted was beyond me like i i thought oh well they're just going to get all pissed off if if this doesn't sound pristine and every syllable is not perfectly audible uh so i must edit the shit out of this and i would go through each episode and we were talking again like pretty much 11 o'clock size two and a half three hours right some some of them more right yeah because there would be a and b episodes yes i would go through and strip out every uh um and when dap takes his famous ping pong approach to speaking like i'm gonna go (laughs) over here and then i'm gonna go over here but wait i'm coming back over here I would take all that out, and I'm just like, this is exhausting. It, it, it took forever to do. But now, as loyal listeners know, I don't edit anything. Unless one of us burps or farts, and then even not that, I just leave it in. Because I, I've, I've learned from experience, from listening and hearing all the things that people have said to us at conventions and other things and on the forum and the slack blah 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 that it's not so much the quality even though our our show is what i like to think of as good quality not very good but good quality um they just want to hear what we have to say so i don't fuss over all the the minutiae anymore and i can turn it around in 45 minutes yeah yeah and it's i mean so so that would that that can be tiring. That can be draining. And and because the subject matter, because it was just Marvel, it was after Civil War. Um, there wasn't it, 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 it wasn't lighting a fire for Vince. So, J- so Jason, remember remember the episode where David had something to do, and I, I I did the episode myself, and I read Harlan Ellison's "Repent, Harlequin," said the TikTok man. I read the entire fucking story. <laughs> Dude, it was so bizarre to me when you're like bullpen bulletins because 
like what did that have- moments I remember from it, and I'm like, <laughs> it, it was like I loved it, but it was like performance art. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there was the Captain Marvel death call in episode, which was a bad there idea. Was the episode where you had a female guest on Michelle, who Michelle. Michelle, yes, yeah, and you talked about like her. Her, her breasts. And it was like super <laughs> well, number one, they they are like, very oh, no. large. They're very large, and yes, but, you know familiarity like, oh, no, breeds. I, I worked with her. That was no, before I know, I know. she was married to DJ. Now they're happily married. Blah blah blah. Whatever. And like I said, I could be an asshole, but that person from whatever episode of Bullpen Bulletins that is, that's not me anymore. Right. I, I would no, never and, do and, that and, now. And, yeah. I, to your point, that's that's the other point I was going to make, and we kind of let Dap go astray about how he remembers he and I at the beginning. But I, I was going to say, I was going to say the, <laughs> there you, go. the you know, defi- I can definitively say that 2005 Jason is much different than 2020 Jason. Oh yeah, and I know that if I went back and read, now they're long gone, but if I read, went and read back some of the, um, you know, discussions we had on the CGS forums back in the day, I'm sure I'd be appalled at myself. So I I can imagine knowing Dap the way I do, it's a miracle that he ever like because he likes to hold a grudge. In case you all don't know, oh. it's a miracle he ever got past it. See, this is this is exa- this is where we're going because once once Vince was was ready to pack it in with bullpen bulletins, gives me a call, or I think it was even through the CGS forums message board and and through through the private messages, and he's like. I miss you. I want to do, we got to do another show. And I was like, fine, you know, you, time and place, we're, we're there. I believe I, mean, I even said I'm an asshole. I think I even said that. I'm an asshole. The, yeah, I could confirm or deny. So you have, um, we still had everything, you know, bought and paid for. Everything was still fine and dandy. Um, so there was no, there was no harm. I mean, aside from URLs and, and, and Libsyn, directories it, nothing nothing changed things might just why, why why does it say don't worry about it so uh, <laughs> you don't you, need to understand you, uh, th- th- that's right just, just just go to itunes so vince was like i want it to be more than just you and i we'll get chris because he was there he was there at the beginning basically but he was definitely there at the end and and we need you know that it'll just it'll be a great connection he says but i think we need a fourth i'm like well you got in mind because i i didn't have anybody in mind i knew i i if you look at the CGS message boards, and when when Vince and I, and if Jason was a one hundred, then obviously he was he was on the original form as well. The original form was bridedeemer dot com slash forms, and and it was it was just it was Brian's it was Deemer's personal website. There was no with 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 a with a message board software on the back end, and that was it. And eventually, and it it, it became became comicgeekspeak dot com. Um, and I, I, I bought that domain for them and then the, um, and then it eventually became the comic forums, which is where all comic book podcasts that basically were offshoots of CGS, uh, all got to hang out. And that was a really bad idea. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Very bad. And, and you have, um, and so, so, so I remember my, my, my interaction with Jason was mostly just me reading his <laughs> CGS posts. And, and it was, 
Uh, and he had the um, a Deadpool avatar or, or Servitar. Servitar, yeah. And um, and all I remember basically, but what I really enjoyed of Jason's post was for whatever reason, um, Brian. But but on the form he was Lobo. Uh, for whatever reason, you two just seemed not to. <laughs> it just it was oil and water, and I don't know. Yeah. And it was and it was amusing as hell because because Brian can be a little grating, and and he has you know he's set in his ways. He's an older dude, and 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 there's just it's it's he doesn't really budge much when when you know it's when he has a hold on something or an opinion on something, and and I just I always enjoyed reading Jason's post. Didn't know him from Adam, but right. I was just. I liked what he and 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 so Vince is like, well, what about what about this wood guy? And I was like, I don't, I I don't know him. I was I was straight up Mariah Carey. I, was like, I just I don't know him. I'm like, if if you're going, if you vouch for him, I'm like that. That's fine. I'm like, it's it's I'm along for the ride. I'm 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 gonna have fun with this. I trust Vince in that. You know, this is who we should. I I there would have been a couple of people where if he said, hey, how about? And I'd have been. Right, but 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 uh, you know, but but that's based on either how they are on the boards or other podcasters. So I wasn't going to suggest other podcasters. I wasn't going to say, "Hey, let's get Tom from around." That right, like there, there was a, going- there was some guys I was considering, but then I, I'm thought, you know, Lord Shaper's not going to work. No, <laughs> no, it's just not going to go over. I wonder what Lord Shaper's I mean, up to these days. He's still chilling in Australia. I mean, he's he's yeah. good. We 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 he says happy birthday. Um, but uh-huh. he. Uh, yeah, there's uh, so, but yeah, I mean the Australian thing. He's and I know that he and Lobo had their their podcast. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, so everybody we knew who basically everybody who was on the board kind of already was attached to a podcast. It's just, oh, it's really right. easy to do. Let's everybody it, do a podcast. It's also worth pointing out that like that board was very very popular for a while. I mean like yeah. like like hundreds of unique posts a day, and it is fair to say because I'm obsessive compulsive that. For a, a, a chunk of time, I was one of the most active posters. Yeah, like I would post on. I would. Tr- I would have an opinion on almost anything that was posted. You could see that was who, one of the reasons why I decided right. that I thought you were a good idea because I thought, well, he has so many things to say about th- so many things. Then let's. There's a software. The, the forum software would let you know who last posted, who's posted the most, who's done this, and 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 would say would for a lot of things. Right. Um, Yep. But I didn't know I didn't know Jason. So I, I, I only knew him through the forum and we he and I didn't really even interact. There weren't a lot of you know, I wasn't in any of the X Men threads really. I was kind of keeping yeah, why to, would um, you? To, 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 to the to the Marvel Noise section of it all and, and, and that's what you know, so so Vince says, Look we'll at Jason. I was like, Okay, fine. You know, I mean and, and so I didn't I didn't know Jason at all until um he eventually finally shows up for our show, uh, like three episodes in. So four. we episode four, <laughs> just like just like Captain America, baby. That's it. Um, and no, I think it's it, it's um, it is strange because whereas I knew I didn't know Vince personally before CGS one hundred, just know on the form, and even I mean it's weird because. I didn't, you know, my wife was a little, she wasn't, she wasn't concerned or worried too much, but, but Chris was like, Hey, come out to Chicago, come to wizard world. You can stay at my place. We'll get a hotel after. And, 
and then you know Vince came the next day. But I mean, I didn't know like like this could have gone horribly wrong. I'm getting on a plane and going to Chicago to see people I right. don't know. Right, right, except right. Except online, and and, and knowing we sh- you now, that was super uncharacteristic. Of yeah, like, exactly. Like, like you had already done that by the time I knew you, so I didn't ever think twice of it. But knowing you now. Like that's you are not an impulsive person. It's, it's like very true, almost as if it was fated to be. But right w- throughout this whole thing, um, I know sometimes we poke fun and uh, we reveal the wounds that are still kind of stingy. But I, I don't think we should downplay the uh, involvement of Chris Neesman in in this whole well, thing. I agree with you, especially because again, from my vantage, I was. And unabashed, well, as as we all were, a CBS yeah. fan. Oh, sure. But I also was a huge AC fan, right? And yeah. I knew Chris was also had been on a few bullpen, but like I knew, I mean, I was a every episode, like many of our listeners are, like religious. I got to listen to AC, and by that point, I would dare say, even though I loved CGS, I think I identified with the guys at AC more. Like I, hundred percent. Like yeah. Like listening to their show, I thought they were more like me. Than, yeah. than the CGS guys? Especially Tom. Um, Tom was the one I clicked with. Well, sure, yeah, but I'm saying, like, I liked their, the, the yeah, just for whatever reason, like, and I liked, the, I loved both shows, but, so when you, when you said Chris was going to be on the show, even for me, it, like, gave the show leg- legitimacy in the sense that, like, oh, like, we're going to, well, we're going to, we're going to start, like, start off with the, with, with, like, we're going to get, we're going to get out of the gates quick. Well, like, yeah, but like people, do, you, do you think I'm people stupid? People know Chris, people, exactly. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> No, no, but I'm saying, but like that, I'm saying even in terms of you selling me to do the show, it was like, oh, Neesman's doing it too. That's pretty cool. Like, and I remember thinking at the time, like, how's he going to do both shows? Which ended up obviously being its own point of contention. Right. That's a story for another day. Right. Right. He, I think he did more, uh, bullpen, uh, yeah, more 11 o'clock shows than he did CGS shows pre boomerang. You mean AC? What did I say? Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, if people don't know, uh, around comics spiraled out of CGS. See, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to that because why they were like a they were like roving reporters. They're like the roving reporters, right? But that they 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 did some snippets from cons that they submitted, and there's, I, I think this is an art story to tell, but it's Laverne Shirley of, of CGS. It's. I mean, I think. I think they looked at what Brian, Peter, and the guys were doing, and they were like, "Listen, we could do that too." And and you know, they did it from Dark Tower Comics in Chicago. They were doing it, you know on Friday nights, and it was a different feel. Obviously, I mean, they're different shows, but the um, I because I I'm aware of the. I don't want to say I know things, but but there's just there's a backstory there, and, right. and whether there's there's you know there's a, it's not animosity is the wrong word, but it there's I don't I don't want to consider I don't particularly care to consider around comics as CGS Chicago, and and I know some people did initially, and and that's not the case, but the yes, but 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 still, but. because even even CGS guys were like, come on to the comic forums, you know, be 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 part of us, and and. But, you know, I mean, looking back, yes, they may have – the instigating factor for Chris and, and Sal and, and Tom to do what they did was, hey, let's send this to these guys, right? But yeah. knowing the three of those gentlemen, 
there's no way in hell you're going to cage them. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So what what became uh, Dalians? I you know I I love Deemer and I love Rios and 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 all the guys, but for my money, Chris and Sal and Tom did it better. Oh, I I don't disagree. I mean, I that I was right. The, to, the, we the CGS we were, we were on their forums. Yeah, but the CGS thing became too much about the CGS guys, and you know that whole cult of we were the first and uh, yeah, and it worked. It worked for me. I I think they're great guys, but around comics was more about the the actual comics, right? And you had this wonderful brain on every episode in 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 the form of tom that would just exclaim these non-secular things it's just like holy shit this guy is plugged into a different universe i love this i mean for me i love this guy right so when when we started the bullpen bullets uh 11 o'clock comics i thought well you know chris would be really instrumental in helping us not only gain a following because he's already established, but Chris is a really intelligent dude, right? And, and how we, many, and absolutely. We, yeah, how and many we were, do we have that say, I started listening to 11 o'clock because I was listening to AC. Right, and so, you know, I mean, there was some not-so-subtle manipulation going on, I guess, by me, that I, I wanted Chris because of his connections and because of who he was, but also because I liked the guy. I think we were friends, and, and and so I thought it would be a natural fit. Did we always agree? I think time and a whole lot of audio would attest to the fact that we didn't <laughs> always agree. And and he, I was the reason, ultimately, that Chris left. But I don't do it the same way I did it. as Well, yeah, I do. But, I mean, I, there, there were things that Chris didn't like about the way I did it, and I, there were things that I didn't like the way about Chris did it, and that ultimately drove a wedge between everything whether you know you can talk to him and he'll probably tell you something different but the fact is i was the reason chris left you'll agree with it right that uh, come on agree with it because you know it's true you know it's 100 percent. and there's no hard feelings if i saw him tomorrow in in real life yeah, no, i would go up and give him a hug and pinch his ass like i lo i love the guy but he's he's was a part of my life for x amount of years uh you know i i there's a feather in our cap that we never went away and came back eh, whatever i'm just saying do we does that do either of you offhand remember when chris left like what episode uh blah 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 it was three three something i think you can. Oh, it's it's that was that late because I, I I was I wasn't sure if we were like two X post Chris or not yet at this point. Oh, it's close. Yeah, it's early threes. I'm pretty sure, but I don't remember painful details. But whatever. But the 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 long story longer is basically it's it's I don't um, now echoing Jason. It's it's yeah, I mean you Vince. Been my brother since since however long ago, but you know, from two thousand eight, it's like you two are brothers that you know I I we're not by blood, and and it's yeah. I, the brothers I pick, and and it's it's one of those things where if um I yeah there there aren't you know, there are I times like knows. right now that I want to shake you, 
But oh, sure. Yeah, but why? Uh, just because he's who he is, right? You just oh. I just want to grab him and shake him and damn it. But that's that's why I I, I love him. Right, the, the, you know, this is yeah. who we are. I, mean, I will say, like, I'm one of those people that, and it's a terrible, it's a character flaw. Uh, where if I, like, if I look at most of my relationships, if it, like, I'm not the active one, meaning that, uh, like, all of my longtime friendships, meaning you know, high school, college, etc. Um, if I'm being objective, like, most of them continue to exist in in as much as that they do continue to exist because the other party actively Same. connects with me. Yep. Um, and I say that fully aware that it's a terrible trait, but I just, I'm, you know, I'm 46 and I like, you know, I just, it is what it is. Um, Stop. And again, not to get schmaltzy, but I couldn't envision you guys not being in my life. Right. Like, right. So it's like, even though, and, and again, I mean, let's not like, I, I think this, I have a ton of fun doing the show. It never, it, well, it almost never has felt like a job. Um, but like, when people say, you know, oh, how long do you think you're going to do it? Or, like, what would make you not do it? It's like, I can't even envision it, you know? Like, right. the only thing that could get me to not do it is if, for one reason, one of you were like, I'm out. You know? Or, or, True. You know? Yeah, it's it's crucial that the three of us um, are added to the recipe every episode. If if one of us decided, no, I just can't do it anymore, the whole show would crumble. I, I can't replace... Uh, David, I can't replace Jason. Well, as you said, I've missed like 200 episodes. So yeah, well, we exactly give you a little true. bit of leeway because you're a brain. <laughs> but, um, no, I well, mean, Tony now, he's like my stand in. Well, he's yeah. a damn, he's a damn good well, stand in. He is. But so, so I know you've, you, I, I don't, Jason, you heard me on bullpen bulletins, but as when, when Vince says to you, come on and do this show, like, and you know Chris because of AC and, and right. there's some legit- legitimacy there. I don't know what you ever said when it's like, yeah, and, and, and Dave is going to come along too. Well, he Here didn't we go. say it like that. Turning the table. But remember, it was a different scenario because you and, Dave, you, and, you and Vince had done bullpen Boltons. So I already viewed you two as a, as a pair. Like, remember, Vince came to me after bullpen, after bullpen Bolton and said, hey – we stopped bullpen Bolton's because it was getting monotonous talking about Marvel all the time, but we wanted to do something more broadly. And, you know, do you want to be a part of it? So I, I like, to me, this was Chris and I kind of adding on to what you guys had already started. And I already had a flavor for you in terms of your tastes, your, your demeanor, your patois already for whatever, like 32 episodes. Right. So, so it wasn't, I, I yes, I didn't know you as a friend, but I knew you as an on-air personality, so it wasn't it wasn't as much of an X factor for me like it was for you, vice versa. Um, now, again, if we're you know keeping it one hundred here, open book. Um, I think it wasn't too long after we started the show that you had the financial issues, right? Like, right? Yeah. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. And you posted on. I guess it was your blog. Was it your blog that you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you didn't. You. I think we. I don't even know if we had officially started the show yet. I think I had agreed to do the show. And you, you wrote what you wrote in your blog. And again, I don't want to unearth, like, I'm sure these are not pleasant memories for you. But, and I, I contributed, like I read your thing and I didn't really know, but I, you know, partook in your request. And, and I remember, I felt like that was our connection, like that started a friendship. Cause you were like, I remember that when I did that, you didn't like, we didn't really have any relationship other than 
we had kind of both, I think, agreed to do this podcast, but hadn't started yet. And I remember you reached out to me and you were very appreciative given that we didn't really have an, an existing relationship. And uh, I thought that kind of set the tone for like, well, that's what friends do for each other, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there was never a moment like I felt like once you and I met in person, it was kind of like some of the other things we've had with the broader community now where by the time we met in person, we were already friends. Like I, yeah. it was more like anticipatory, like, oh, I can't wait to meet you in person because I already love you as a human being. Right. You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, which is, I guess, not that uncommon these days with the Internet. But, you know, back then it kind of felt special. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and now with the Slack uh, community that we have, um, I was trying I, – I would I was just about to say, you know, I'd give a kidney to Frank if he needed one. But then I thought, well, I'd also give a kidney to Rod and Caleb. Yeah. And yeah. and Plop. Yeah. And, I mean, like, there, there's so the many – That's the thing that hurts the most about Heroes, right, is that this – Heroes is always a great place to reconnect, but Heroes this year was going to be a thing where we had at least 50 core yeah. UFC family, including many people like Kevin, yeah. Frank, Brian, who were going to hang out as friends Caleb for the first going time. to surprise us. And well, no, but, but we already had hung out with – right. But I'm saying right. like people that we had, like, hadn't actually hung out with in a great like lengthy way before, we were going to have a bunch of newbies – not newbies to our crew, but like newbies in person, plus so many people we already had hung out with in, in prior times. And like you said, it was going to be no hyperbole, probably one of the best weekends of our lives because it would have been the the only regret we were going to have from that weekend was not having enough time to have great conversations with all the people that we were there with. Right. You know, right. right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And before we move on to the second part of, uh, Davin's question. I think it would be a great time because I can write it down and know exactly where to break the episode. Uh, it'd be a great time to hear some viewer or yeah, viewer listener hotline comments. Nice. So, uh, yeah, here you go. Listen to these. Hello, Chris Stets here from Slack and Greenock in Scotland. Just a quick message to say thanks for emptying my fucking bank account every month. Get me to buy more books than I'll ever have time to read. And congratulations on 700 episodes. Stay safe. Gentlemen, Chris Chavez, hope you're all doing well. Congrats on 700 and wishing for 700 more to come. And if you have any extra shekels, please send them my way. My OA collection needs some help. Thanks. Bye. Hey guys, this is Hassan. Congratulations to, uh, uh, 700 episodes. Uh, I just want to congratulate, you know, David, Jason, and Vince on providing us amazing content at least one episode a week for God knows how long. Actually, I know how long. It's over, been over a decade. I can't believe you guys have been doing this for such a long time. And as, as a long time listener, I appreciate you guys giving us at least one episode a week, and especially, and especially this year, where I would say in troubling times, it's always fantastic to wake up on a Friday morning, sometimes, you know, earlier, sometimes later, and see a new episode pop up and provide us with some escapism, uh, and have some, you know, with some really great discussion 
on comics uh, and whatever is on your mind. And we really do appreciate it. Again, congratulations. Great job. 700 episodes. Yes. Hey, guys. It's Trevor Plop here. Happy 700. Wow. Uh, I think I've only been with you guys about half that time, but I've gone back and listened to everything, and you're the highlight of my week, although I am a few weeks behind right now. But anyway, um, you guys, the format, the content is just so close to perfect that I really don't have many ideas on what could be better. Um, you know, we'd, more would always be better, but don't want to burn you out. Video might be something to think about. I don't know if there's a way you could do YouTube um you know, three cameras in your places and somehow edit it together so we can see you guys a little bit more, show the books, show your libraries, things like that might be fun. Maybe not every week, but occasionally, you know, once a few times a year, something like that. Uh, but anyway, I'm rambling, but love you guys, and um, I hope I'm with you for at least 700 more. Take care. Hey, boys. 700. So proud of you. Thanks for making all this content all these years for me to listen to and thank you for letting me come and be a part of the family sometimes i love your show i love you guys very proud of you i'll talk to you soon so this is tony by the way uh, tony please so the second part of davin's question and david is going to have to answer this because i have no freaking no. idea i don't dude I, I i before we do um if you enjoyed or didn't and want to comment on anything you just heard, you can also call by dialing 914-246-2102 and leave your own message for us. Yes. Um, Davin's second question. Can you explain the good night, David thing? I don't know. How did that start? No idea. Um, it, it really is one of those things where, I mean, because I think I, I said it and then you did a pause once and then I decided to mimic the pause and I, it kind of just, I don't, it's now, now it's like, you know, you got to make sure I, I, I clock it. But other than that, it, it, there's no, I don't know what it was where maybe That's... I said goodnight and you kept talking and then I just said, day. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Don't know. Yeah. It's weird. But it, obviously, it's become a thing because we do not close an episode without the good night, David, or as yeah. for chagrin. Well, I'm actually fascinated in general about the, uh, and I know you guys are too in your own ways, the um, idea of ritual. And I think for mm. us all, and probably for our listeners, like our show is ritual, right? Like the thing we get the most complaints about. In as much as we don't get many complaints, but but the one we get the most complaints about is that that I regrettably advocated for us to stop the drink roll call. Yes, right, and 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 really what that comes down to is people don't like change because they became used to the drink yeah. roll call. But like I think our show is very ritualistic in a lot of ways. Um, you know, back in the day when we, in as much as <laughs> comics podcast panels were a thing. <laughs> But now everybody does a podcast, so it's pointless. But um, I remember one at uh, C2E2 where I was on, and I, we got the obligatory what's your secret, right, question, which happens it happened at every one of these panels back when they happened. And my answer was, um, 
I think that the the number one thing I can pinpoint to all the shows that are okay. Damn. What what did, wow, that's that's a huge pregnant pause. That's triplets. <laughs> Six triplets. Yeah. You you can, went you went you away. Me? No. Oh shit. I, I said that the well. Did you hear me talk about the podcast hosting? Yes. Thing? Yeah. You, yeah. You, it, okay. it was right. They asked you what the secret is, and it was right before you gave it. Oh, and I said consistency. Right. Well, consistency sure. is that that we show up, and this was back before we did six a month. But it was. I said we have never missed a week. You know, like maybe we're all on the show all the time, but we have always been there every week. And I think that that matters a lot. And I think part of that is the ritualism of it. It people know they can rely upon us to whatever extent they want to rely upon us and it's the same thing with it's one of the reasons that i i think have been happy to stick around right is that it is my it's my time on the couch right like i've never seen a psychiatrist but and i'm not saying we kind of go deep on each other's feelings in these episodes but this is a cathartic time where regardless of what's going on in my personal life or the family or the fucking globe or pandemic like i know that we're going to get on and we're just going to talk about stuff that we love yeah and it matters you know yeah yeah it does uh, ritual is very important um, because uh, not only it gives you a sense of of, of uh, regularity and assuredness that yes, I can wake up on Friday morning and know that there's three jamokes from three different states talking about comics. I may not agree with what they say, but I'm gonna hear my ears are gonna be full of these three goofballs talking comics, but. Again, to the magical thinking aspect, it's very important to put oneself out there, let's just say, at regular intervals and to have the intent. That's the important part, to have the intent for change, to to want to contribute to the lives of others in a positive way. That, for me, is why I do this. Not only why, but that's one of the reasons why. Um, and, and Jason and, and David know me well, but those that don't, I have never done anything for 700 weeks <laughs> other than breathe that maybe and eat. Um, and I rub one out and rub right. one out. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I got to bring it down. Um, I, I am not consistent in my lifestyle at all. So for me to dedicate myself to doing something for 700 weeks, is a big deal, and I attribute it to the fact that I'm doing it with two of my only friends. Yeah, no, that's that's I, I agree with that completely. There's, um, it they, they, I've, I've on record as saying, you know, this is there've been times that this sitting down to record the episode is the only bright spot of my week. Um, a sad there, there. Well, I'm, this was years ago. All right, I'm just um, saying that's kind of things sad. are better now. I want to hug you. So, so, uh, but, but I, to go along with Vince's point about putting good out in the world, there's, there's a lot of useless, trivial shit rolling around in my head. And if, if I can, if I could talk about, you know, whether, argue how, you know, the symbiote, the the black Spider-Man suit showed up in Amazing Spider-Man before it ever showed up in secret wars because of publication there's just a lot of stupid shit out there and 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 who else can i share that with but i can't i can't share this with my wife the shit i go into here Hmm. i gotta get this out of my head because she'd knock my head off if i just sat down and said 
So you know why I like John Byrne Superman more than any? I, no, she's mm. not going to care. She's not going to hear true. about it. It's true. But, but affecting affecting positive change in the lives of those other than yourself is the reason why we exist. I agree with that. Yes. To do anything uh, other, what? Yeah. It is. No, I, I, I like what you're saying, and I wish I could co-sign it, but I, I guess I, I would say that for me, the show is more selfish than that in the sense that I have great appreciation and love for the the community, especially it's, you know, it's, it's orders of magnitude larger and uh, persistent than I think any of us had any reason to expect when we started this whole crazy thing 700 episodes ago, but – as we've said a million times, like we've never obsessed about the metrics or no. any uh-uh. of that because I, I would like it if for some reason we had some kind of like, you know, episode like the dark episode where like we said something that just alienated us from the rest of the world and we went back to, you know, no listeners, I would still want to do the show because I would I'd want to have the conversations, right? So like I agree with you, like like it gives me there is a sustenance to the idea that we're like contributing to making other people happy, but there's also very much a selfish component to doing the show for me. Well, yeah, but the, the change that I want to affect begins with you too, both of you. And then, and then trickles down to everybody that listens. So the, the, the instigating factor is to bring something to the table that would light a fire under you or, or David, but in, in, I mean the 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 gravy part of it is that it 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 would light a fire under many other people. So yeah, I'm uh, I this is not who I started out as. I was very selfish, very insular, very narcissistic. Didn't give a damn about anyone other than myself. I was the hot-headed paisan and um through many changes in my life, not the least of which these two, I have arrived at this point. So um yeah and i i'm just grateful to to everybody both of you and and everyone and let's just let's just have a celebration and just keep it like we do keep it upbeat one of the things keep it 700 that i yeah keep it 700 one of the things that i said uh on the slack is that um most anniversary shows they retread or or uh retravel old roads which we just did for an hour and a half. Um, I think that's kind of lame. Uh, it, it, clip so you're show. Saying we just had a lame hour. No clip. <laughs> no, I didn't. Clip shows kind. Did. I did. Uh, origin story. Clip shows kind of devastate me. It's like the laziest. Um, oh sure. Of oh, an- yeah. anniversary shows, dude. Don't you hate when like the like whatever TV show, generally sitcoms you'd watch, and like they do the reminisce near the finale, <laughs> like where they they like show you. And you're like, dude, I, I don't we are, like, I don't need we to saw see that. that. I yeah. see we, yeah. we saw all that. So um, I thought that this being 700, uh, somewhat of a milestone, we, we should, oh, stop. <laughs> I want to take a flamethrower to everybody on that set. Uh, we should, I think, approach it with an eye to the future. Like, all right, this right. is great. We did 700 of these things. What now? Where are we going? Right. What do we do? Right. I personally, this is not um, uh, an indictment of either one of you. I am sick. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of regurgitating the same garbage in the same manner, episode after episode. 
I talk about the synopsis, and then I go into the symbolism or the 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 concept or the deeper meaning, if any. And then I talk about the art, and it's like here we are here. Follow the bouncing ball. I'm talking about the synopsis, and I'm going to go into the deeper meaning. All right, let's talk about the art. Bam, wrap it all up. You got to read this book. It drives me crazy, and it's 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 extremely grating to me to have to. Well, that's what you think, boo. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, um, I want to take it in a bit of a Lester Bangs type direction, where if you're not familiar with Lester Bangs, Lester Bangs was a music critic that very often would not talk about the thing he was reviewing at all in the column. Uh, He would talk about, uh, say the column was called, um, uh, I'm going to review the Who's Face Dances. And then he would maybe get around to saying, oh, yeah, you know, that, that, that face dances thing, it's not Oh, bad. I hate people like that. Oh, no, I love that kind of review. Because yeah. if, you, if you're a compelling personality, who gives a shit what you're saying about the who's face dances, right? Does, is your opinion of face dances any more or less valid than anybody else's opinion of it? It's art, right? It's subjective. But if you're, well. Lester, if you're Lester Bangs and you tread water, essentially – in an artful, interesting way, I'm going to read your damn column. So See, that's, that's, that's where we're straight. I don't do it in an artful way. I never really tell you what I'm about to talk about. I just start talking about something and then eventually tell you the title or who worked on it. Well, I, I mean, we all approach this from different directions, right? Right. But what I want to yeah. do is yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to make it more... Artful. I want to make it more lively. I, I would love to be the uh, a Lester Bangs of 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 comic to to say like you start out conceptually in the ballpark and and if I'm a, you know reviewing an X Men comic yeah make maybe a mutation thing uh, instigates the, the the discussion and takes it somewhere else but to try and and just I mean it's the same old same old here's what happened in this issue is superman goes to to this planet and he meets blah 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 and you know it's like it's fucking boring it's it's extremely boring to me to have to jump through the stepping stones of every assessment of art i don't want to do that i want to come from it from left field or i want to do it over a period of episodes like say i want to look at steve canyon and you can't do Steve Canyon in one episode. So maybe I do Steve Canyon in three episodes. You're going to tell me that Milton Kniff's Steve Canyon does not deserve three episodes? Give me a break. Of course it does. What I'm saying is we're, we're in a, uh, a, uh, an approach where relevancy is important, right? Holy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, this came out last week. It's three jokers. It's, it's big. We got to talk about it. And I get that, that people come to us for, um, currency on the, the the latest releases but that's like a treadmill isn't it like let's talk about roy no, thomas's conan I, yeah well, no and and yeah go ahead go ahead Dan. no i was just gonna say, I, I mean it, it's i i'm here to listen to any kind of review you want to do if if, sure. if you want to talk about the latest 2000 ad but you go about it by reminding us how great you know one of zappa's albums is that's fine I exactly don't Exactly. That's what I, I want to do. It's not about. It's not about the journey for me. I don't. I mean, it, it is, but it's not. That's not. Um, I. I, I want to hear 
what tickled your fancy and however you want to express that is fine with me. If, if um, <clears throat> there, there's absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you want to try to explain what's on the page visually to someone, you might have to actually talk about this particular work or at least recall something else, but there should be, I think, I think if we're going to tell Tony, Hey, we're going to talk about, transformers my little ponies and but instead we start talking about space pirates i don't know if that's really going to sell the book for anyone well no you so, wouldn't do it when you had a guest on the show that's just rude. no no i don't right. mean i don't even mean if tony was here i just mean like you know if we gave tony a heads up and right. Say, right i i but, think tony would be down for it almost i yeah no you've been waiting to talk go ahead no i was gonna say like i okay so so for one i think one of the things that i'm most appreciative of that we've made it this far is that I think you of the three of us are constantly uh, yearning for change. Like, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I mean, like you, you, you know, we, and we bust on your, we bust on you behind the scenes about like, you know, if we were to go back and listen to episodes, there have been episodes where you're like, I'm done with DC. I have no Mm -hmm. interest in them anymore. Right. And then now you're all about DC or like, I'm done with Marvel. And, and, and we joke with you because we're like, yeah, well, we'll see in two years. And then you're like, no, okay. You're like, okay. And then two years oh, later, yeah. you're like, I just read this fucking champions. Number one, it was the shit, you know? And it's like, and that's like, that's you. That's beautiful because you, you almost are like almost chaos when it comes to what you love. You, you don't have a script. And, um, you know, I think that, that to hear you say you want to do it in a different way, like, I guess, the only surprise I have by that is like, well, then do it, boo. Like, like yeah. we've ne- like we've certainly never put any like parameters on. Oh, Vince, you have to review a book. This no, way, you know? no, it's a personal thing that I just yeah, took a look at what, what I've right. done up until this mm-hmm. point and sure. thought, you know, I could do it better. Well, and and then what I was going to say is, you know, I have always tried to approach the show, uh, and, and honestly, if we're since we're being this is like on the couch tonight. The episodes I think were were released successful historically is when we generally just each do a few quick reviews, right? And you know, I, I like I'm I'm happy to say I don't think that's a, a very frequent occurrence, but like you know, there are times when we all have other shit going on in our lives and we don't talk a lot during the week, and then we show up and we each review two or three books like mono like solo, and you know that's fine. Like I don't think we're like phoning it in, but but there's no. no there's no collabo. There's no greater meaning, and 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 likely the books aren't things that we're just like gobsmacked by. And it just is kind of you know. And, and hopefully, I think that's that's a very rare thing. But but I I know when I look back and I think, oh, how was the episode? I, those are the ones where I'm like, ah, I don't I don't know that we had it this week. And you know, for me, uh, it's very much a crapshoot. Like some weeks I can read a hundred comics, you know, because I have the time and. I'm grooving what I'm reading, and then it's like, what am I going to talk about? Like, oh my god, there's so many things I want to talk about. Then there are weeks where it's like, I'll read 20 comics, and I didn't really love any of them, and I'm thinking, all right, what am I going to bring to the table here? Because I don't want to just say, I read these three things, and I didn't like them. Um, But I guess what I'm getting at is like, I think you put the most pressure on yourself in terms of the structure of what you're going to talk about. Yeah. Whereas Dap and I generally are like, all right, well, I know I want to talk about this, Sometimes I have notes. Sometimes I have like a specific point or two I want to make. But a lot of times I'm just like, you know, this is the thing I want to talk about. And ultimately for me, it can range from a play-by-play 
or it can be like just all you need to know is this book is the fucking shit. I need you to go out and buy the book and read yeah. it because I loved it. Depending and, on the content. Yeah, and I yeah. think that, that that the ultimate, like for me, the ultimate takeaway, like when I feel like, okay, I did my job, is that I want to convey that there's at least one thing that I think our our community needs to, if they have the budget and the time, consume, you know? Uh and I recognize that every week is not going to be the same people listening. And, and I even say that when I talk about stuff where, like, you know, we know each other so well that there are lots of things. In fact, the, I would say the majority of things, if we read it and love it, the other two are going to read it and love it, too. But there are, there are, there are certainly things on the concentric circles where there's 10, 20, 30 percent where it's just not going to vibe with the other right. one or two of us. And, and that's totally fine. But I always want to feel like when the episode is done, I've at least – conveyed legitimate palpable excitement for one thing where when you listen to the episode you're gonna think uh wood is giddy about that you need to uh, i need to check that out like that's that's really how i kind of define on a personal level whether i thought it was a successful episode for me like if i did my job yeah i mean yeah the the, the, there's um you mentioned the bullet points there there are if there's if there's two things anybody needs to know about um, what I've learned or, or, or what you can take away from from bullpen bulletins is is but when there's a Phil history interview you'll never listen to and <laughs> you'll never two, ever hear you'll it never hear that no nope. um, and uh, and and the other thing is I poor Phil I can't <laughs> I can't do notes um, and I don't mean and what I mean is I can't I should not write down notes that I want to bring to the table and, and, and make sure I mention um, on the podcast, because I tried that early on with bullpen bulletins and Vince, if, if I was there, I mean, he would have slapped my hands, but he would have smacked me in the face because it was, I was, I was stiff. I was rigid. I had these. I couldn't. I couldn't deviate. I I couldn't stray from this format. I I had this written down here because that's how I wanted it to go in my head, and I I tend to wing most of what I I, I have things in my head Wait, that I know what? I want to touch on. Oh <laughs> that's bullshit! Shocking. Stop. <laughs> and and so if if um. If if I had if if I had one note open or something and I was going to sit here and and recite what I liked about this book, it, it does not make for very entertaining radio. So uh, I I don't do it. I, well, I I have some things written down. I'll have some yeah. notes from time to time. Just you know one 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 word items. But for the most part, like like Dallin mentioned, um, and I had it written down um, when we we're talking about the Black Panther book of the month. And and uh, uh, spoiler alert, we need to put the list up. But the um, there was a there was a moment and and I don't know if if this was priest just thinking that this is the kind of word Everett Ross would use, but he used the word irregardless, which <laughs> breaks me break out in hives. It's and, in the dictionary and, now, by the way, but yeah, whatever. And and, no, and I know I know it is, and, and it's but it's stupid fucking word. It shouldn't exist. And 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 I I I I will judge people who use it. And and it's one of those things where. Um, I can't believe that a writer would do that. But then I'm thinking, well, is it is it something that, you know, Ross would actually use being as, as clueless as he can be at times? And and Dallin pointed it out in, in the Facebook group in the episode thread that, you know, that's a word that definitely would have um, 
been brought attention to. But I and and I told Balan I did not want to. I didn't want to derail that train. We were having a good time. We were enjoying ourselves, and and we were wrapping it up. And that was towards the end of of the book, anyway. Um, but it's there. So so yeah, there are times where I'll just I'm like I'm going to talk about this book. This is why. And as I'm flipping through, and a lot of it comes back to me when I'm flipping through as we're discussing things on the show. And I'm like, oh, yeah, so on this page. And there are times where that means that after we're 13 pages past that, I have to go back because I wanted to bring attention to it. So See, I just I can't do notes because I can't be that strict. Well, I need them. Because sure. No, the, but, but, but yours are flawless. You don't, No, they're not flawless. But you could tell oh, if I love something because yes. I go in so far. And I have so much to say about something that I need to, 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 to graph it out with those stupid little words that are cumbersome and don't really say what we want them to, but they're good enough, I guess. Uh, I need to, to block it out in sentences and words and to tell right. my brain where to go. Because if I, if I don't, I'll be just like, it's so beautiful. Like, and, and, and I, I, there's no structure and people mm-hmm. don't come here for that kind of bullshit. Well, think about the absurdity of what we do, right? Which is that we do an audio podcast for 13 years mm-hmm. talking about a visual medium. Right. Isn't that strange? And, and you know, we are fortunate, extremely fortunate to be in the position, at least certainly at this point in our lives, where we know a great many of the artists involved in the industry. You know, I'd say conservatively 70% of the books we talk about, we have connection to the artists at least even you know if they're not people we've met personally we can connect with them in, on the internet and yet you know the biggest complaint you hear from artists about uh comic book journalism or criticism or evaluation is that uh inevitably it's it's plot it's too plot driven and doesn't pay enough respect to the art right and I, I think we all are on board with like agree, agreeing with that criticism and also saying like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. On the other hand, it's entirely logical because it's so difficult. And I don't I mean, Vince teaches art, but it's so difficult. Like when I look back on I, I'm going in, a, in, in tangents here, but like when I think about like a, when I feel like I failed, it's because we'll wrap up the show and I'll be like, I never go to I never I assume you guys are the same. I never like go to bed right after the show. I usually kind of no, that's the same. Yeah. So like I'm sitting around and I think what we talked about in general. I'm like, oh, that was fun and we had a good show. But like sometimes I'll be mad at myself because I'll think, God, like I forgot to say this or oh, yep. I forgot another to make this reason point. why and, I do notes. Yeah, because right. I don't but, want to ever but, forget but, anything. Like, generally, my frustration when I feel like I whiffed is because I feel like I struggled conveying the power or uniqueness of the art and. Then I think like, but what could I have said, you know, because the easiest way to make someone understand art verbally is to compare it to something else, right? Like you're like, oh, they're a mix of this and this, or they, it looks like this artist, right? And I did it, um, yeah, I did it when I was talking about Lefebvre, right? Like, I, I, you know, I, I, I said it looked like Chuck Jones, right? Like, and, and, and that's a shortcut, right? Cause, cause I think saying Lefebvre looks like Chuck Jones gives our listeners a much clearer picture of what I'm talking about than just trying to describe it based on the line work, right? Right. Well, it is a shortcut, but it instantly presses a button that says, okay, recognition, bang, you know Chuck Jones. No, exactly. So so I don't think it's wrong to do it that way, but I often look back and think, but it's so... 
like I wish I wish there was a different way to do it uh, because you know as someone who just loves art I mean I'm in this hobby for the art you guys know and I I as we as you like to make fun of me I have a absurdly large art collection and it's yeah, like it's my ridiculous. thing no I know but like but I generally get mad at myself because I'm like like Lefebvre is amazing for himself like it's he like it feels derivative to be like, oh, I love him, and he looks like Chuck. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, well, to quote and, Martin Mull, you're it's, dancing it's, about architecture. It's hard to do. No, no, and and I understand. Like, and I and often when I'm kind of like questioning myself about it, I'm like, well, it's, and I I generally come to the conclusion of like, well, that, but it's the best I could do. Like, like I, we don't have a video podcast. We're, we're not a visual show. So hopefully they'll get the point while we're talking, they'll Google it and see what would I mean. And, or they will look at the images that Vince puts in our show notes and all will be well. But I often think like, man, like it's, I just wish there was a way to verbally express how much I love the art about the books that I love in the same way. Cause, cause I understand why most reviews are plot driven, right? Because plot is linear. Like we and can specifically easy. talk. Yeah. yeah, it's easy. And it's word for word, right? Like, like if I if the plot is about, you know, a, a kid grabbing a sword out of a stone and becoming the king, well, you can just say that and people know what you mean, right? right? But it shouldn't it's, be easy. So, Talking about art should never be easy. No, no, I understand, right? But like that, ultimately, it's like you, we only have so much time, and we do want to make it interesting. So it, I think when I think about like the thing that most frustrates me, it is that we are a audio show. But the vast majority of the passion we have for the medium is the visuals right. collectively. But we spend probably 70 to 80% talking about the plot. And right. I don't have a fix for that. Like with 13 years in, I don't think there's an easy fix for that. Well, I have a fix for it. And that's, well, it's not a, uh, I haven't decided on what the fix is, but I'm going to move towards a fix in that I'm going to stop talking a lot about the plot and more about the art. You can, approach the you can start from the the foothold of the art and and maybe toss in some of the plot as you're going along hey there's this panel in deathstroke 99 where uh i don't know artist x draws this magnificent double page spread of the character doing this oh by the way it, it is because he's in this city to thwart the uh blah 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 you know what i mean like you can spin plot into it while focusing on the art it doesn't have to be a linear plot you know stepping stone here by here by here by here and then okay we'll get to the end now that we've talked about the plot let's talk a little bit about the deeper meaning of this story and then we'll go on to the 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 actual art what is this art saying to me it's just I just don't like doing it that way anymore, and I won't do it that way anymore. I I want to mix it up and 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 surprise people and just try to 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 uh, express my feelings because talking about art is very difficult. You're you're, sure. you're taking a, uh, an abstract thing that's made up of line and color, and you're trying to put it into words, and it's just it's it's it doesn't work. It's like no, it's, it's like speaking about music. Why does this song? I mean, you go back and listen or watch any episode of American Bandstand. Why do you like this song? Oh, it's got a good beat and I can dance to it. Like it, it becomes the same shit every time. 
every episode. I don't want to be American Bandstand. I want to have some fun with this and explore. I want I want to be the dude with the machete that's chopping down the bamboo to to get to Kong's lair. I no, I and and that's that is absolutely something that um, I think we should all at least reach for. I, I I think you're you're probably better equipped to jump over that hurdle. Uh, three of us. I, I don't think I, that's true, but whatever. Well, I, it's. It, there's well, I just have the 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 advantage of of uh, my formative years were spent in that realm of of yes. art so yours weren't and neither was Jason's so yeah I just well, got lucky to, that to, right yeah I mean I it's 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 weird I know what I like and I you know I, I come like a monkey I can point to a picture and say you know this is why I think you should also like this and um I hammer my kids or I, I'm, I'm sorry, I hammer my students that you should always be asking yourself why. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, okay, why does this character walk the way he does? Or it mm-hmm. does? Oh, because it's from a planet with, you know, real heavy gravity. Why? And I, and they, it gets to the point where I'm incessant with the why. Like I just keep pushing them down that that chain that that chain of thought why 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 you cannot ask yourself why too many times it you know you may want to punch yourself in the face after a while but in in uncovering the whys of things you get to the the feelings right you get to the real reasons why do you like superman well because he's a character i can respect why well, he stands for justice and hope, and 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 he always does the right thing. Well, why? Well, because he was raised. Because he was raised right by by two fine, upstanding, um, mid 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 American farmers, and 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 they they knew what it was like to toil in the field all day, and then then take the the fruits of their labors into the house and cook it, and and just be together. And they weren't on their phones all the time, and and they they just loved being with each other. Well, why? You know what I mean? Like, just keep pushing yourself well, we down that road. Jerry and Joe didn't give us Mom Pockhand's origins. We don't know that much. No, but burn. No, there's, there's. I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100. percent I will. I will endeavor to. I said it wasn't an indictment to anyone but myself. No, no, no. I know that, but I want to I make know. sure that. But, but a, I'd like to be. I'd like for it to be be, be some consistency, but. Um, I there's no reason why I shouldn't try to stretch muscles that I haven't really messed with. All this came from, I'll be honest, XM Radio. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I I, speaking of habit and routine. Exactly. I hear the same songs in the same order every day, and when you're listening to Fish Radio. And they and they play the same songs, and then you hear Trey come on and say, "Oh, I'm gonna play you this song from this album." It's like, "Fuck! I just heard this yesterday. I heard this. You say the same thing yesterday. This should not be predictable. It's Fish Radio. It may not be live. He may just he may he may record it on Sunday, and they're playing it for the next five days. Never live. It's never live. But but, but so if you have twenty of Trey, his comments on songs. If you have 20 of them, if I hear the same ones, I can tell you when I heard it, then you're playing them 
you know, too often, right? But anyway, so I, I thought, all right, I, in my musical tastes, I don't like predictability. I don't like incessant, insipid rep- repetition. I don't like by the numbers approach to art. Like, so why am I doing it every episode? I'm not. I'm not doing it. Just I'm going to strive. I'm going to try and and take my part of this thing different places than I have. The, now, I mean, that being said, I, I, like, and I, like, I hear what you're saying. I, I like, I don't see you as formulaic. Well, I think I am. No, no, and I, and again, I'm not going to. You do you, but I'm saying like, I don't think you're formulaic. So. No. To whatever extent you feel like you want to switch it up, cool. But like, I don't, I don't see you as someone who just like has a thing that you just do. I just don't see it that way. And I was looking at my stack. Another reason why I was looking at my stack of of uh, kitchen sink Steve Canyon magazines. I got the whole run, right? There is a lot of very, very valuable information in there, and it's some of the best comic art to ever be produced, right? So why am I not talking about it? Well, because it's a monumental undertaking to read all, I think there's 30 whatever issues, but I mean, that's beside the point. To, to read them all and, and bring it to one episode, I can't do it. So mm-hmm. like, why why not spread it over the course of, yeah. of three episodes? Like, oh, Jesus, Vince is talking about Milton Kniff again. Yeah. <laughs> because he's he's one of the all-time greats like why should it be beyond the realm of 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 uh, acceptability that I talk about Milton Kniff for two episodes I mean if if you judge the if you approach the man by his accomplishments and his his um aesthetic achievements then fuck I could talk about Milton Kniff for 100 episodes this mm-hmm. could be a Milton Kniff 11 o'clock comics but I mean it, it would never be I'm just saying that you know, it, it, if we talk about Kirby and Byrne and 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 guys like that every episode or every other episode, then why can't we talk about the greats? Like, sure. Mil- well, yeah, I think it, our, it, our, the other it should be why not instead of why. Yeah, I was going to say I think the most other the other most consistent compliment we get is that we are not beholden to any specific thing. Like you had kind of alluded early in your declarative about how. You know, like we have to talk about certain hot books, and like I don't even think that's valid because there are lots of hot or big books we don't talk about. I think the only ones we talk about are ones that we're genuinely interested in ourselves, right? Sure, like, like Doomsday, like Clock. Empire, right? Like it's Marvel's big event. We didn't mention it until I poo pooed it last week, right? Like, right? I was just like, oh, I read it and it was not good, right? You know, but yeah, like Batman and Two Jokers uh, or Three Jokers, we talked about because the three of us were curious about it, right? Yeah, and, and it was good. So yeah, but like I guess my point is like I don't see that as a as a worry, like we don't, we don't, we're not beholden to the, and, and, you know, there are shows that do that, that are great. I mean, I, I have a, been a long time. I mean, our friend Ron, you know, with iFanboy, I mean, their whole existence and they've been around longer than we have has been, they talk about the books come out that week and that's yeah. their formula. Right. And like, you got like David Harper and Suntress who their formula is we interview people each week. So like, I, like, I think, there are lots of different ways to uh, skin the cat, as they say. Right. But uh, I think our, in as much as we have an identity, our identity is that we don't have a formula, right? Like right, we, right. People listen, they tune in, they do not know what they're going to get. They don't know if we're going to talk about the Filipino masters for two hours. 
They don't know if we're going to talk about a top five list. They don't know if we're going to do, you know, 10 books that came out this week. They don't know if we're going to do an event. Like, they just don't know. And I really do think, like, if there is a DNA sequencing for our show, that's one of the core things, right? Is that we do not have a script. We do not plan meticulously what we're going to do with very few exceptions. You know, occasionally we'll know that we're having a guest or we'll know that we'll have a theme because our patrons can pick a theme and we'll we'll structure it out and, and give or book of the month. But but yeah. generally speaking, uh, when people press play, they don't know what they're going to hear. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if I was I fanboy, I'd be licking Trump's toilet seat because I would want to find a way out of that prison. No offense, they're good at what they do, but to be that rigid to talk about a certain book that everybody wants to hear about, that would kill me. I would never but again, be able like, to do but it. But see, no, and I, but, but that's kind of my point, right? Like it's like that wouldn't work for us. Right. But that's their identity. Oh, no, it works for that. them. Yeah, great. Right. I mean, yeah, if that's I what mean, fuel puts the And in. the same thing with like Suntress and David, like like Harper. But like their whole thing is they interview people, right? Like they're, they're not going to – you're not going to turn their show on and they're going to say, hey, let's talk about, uh, you know, our top five – you know, uh, um, cross-gen comics. Like that's right. like that's not their thing, and their audience would be like, "What the fuck's this about?" Right? But I, I want to also like, be... if we were like, "Hey, we're going to do our top five cross-gen," people would be like, "Oh, that's cool. Let's hear I what they have to say." Yeah, I also want to be true and and honest with the listener. And there are times where Monday night, Tuesday night, I'm sweating it because I'm like, the things I've read so far, there's no way I'm going to be able to be enthused. Mm-hmm. At least. With yeah. any kind of believability uh, about these things, so I would love to have an. Ep- I mean, I wouldn't love, but the opportunity should be there for us to have an episode where we just come on and say, "I I have nothing to talk about because the <laughs> the, the things that I've read have done absolutely well, zero for me." Point one, I'd say that happens. That definitely happens. I think there are plenty of episodes where, if we go back and listen, one or more of us said, "Like I don't, I don't have much to say this week. I don't like nothing. Right. I grooved me." And I think that's that's one of the values of having multiple hosts is that it would be really bad radio if two or three of us had that to say that week. <laughs> right. Um, and two, I dread I the book that, of the month that doesn't click with that? all three. I said I dread the book of the month that doesn't click with all three of us because that is <laughs> going to be the saddest example of a book of the month ever. You mean when you mean when all three of us collectively don't like it? You mean right? Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. What did I say? Um, and and then the second thing is, I think that um, generally we have this unwritten rule. We 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 generally believe we want to celebrate the medium because, sure. like, we each collectively read an insane number of comics, and so the argument would uh, would go that over the course of a week, the three of us should have enough stuff we loved that we can talk about that. And I think that's. Again, over 700 episodes, I think that has been true. But I also love that we are not like – and I'm not going to put shows on blast, but there were there were shows I used to listen to back in the day where I stopped listening to them because they loved everything. And it's like, nah, you can't love everything. Like like, you, you, like there has to be things that you didn't love. Uh, and, and I think that while we are preternaturally disposed to talking about things we enjoy, I think we don't sell out in as much or, – or, or, fake it and that if we don't like something we will say it right sure. and like it's not like we we never go into the episode saying oh i can't wait to put this on blast but if it is something where he had already pre-agreed to like all read it and talk about it or it was a book of the month or it was a big event and we weren't feeling it like we're not afraid to be like ah, i didn't think it was very good you know and again we try not to dwell on it we don't want to fill two three hours no. with that but 
But I think that that you know I don't know that if we could ever go back and measure it. But I'd say that you know maybe eight to ten percent of the stuff we've talked about we've disliked, and I think that's okay. Like I don't I think if if for me I don't like when shows and this is not just comics podcast but like any any podcast I listen to about any kind of thing. If you're a hundred percent like I love everything, it's hard for me to take you at face value as a tastemaker. Yeah, but like. But at the same point in time, I don't want you to. Sh- like, I don't want to listen to a show where you just you just trashing on things all the time. So I I kind of like our mix of like where you know five, ten, maybe fifteen percent of the stuff we're not liking, and we're honest about it. But we don't like belabor it. We just move on. We say not for me. Didn't like it. Move on. Yeah. I I don't think I'd ever be comfortable being referred to as a tastemaker. <laughs> well, you just I mean you need to be comfortable with that because it's the truth. That is true. No, I just no, want to I mean, be. You, I just want to be like the term, but, but right. it's 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 absolutely truthful. I mean, and again, for me, that is a like I love that. Like not in that, not an ego thing, but it just excites me when people tell us like, "Oh, your review of this made me buy this," and it's freaking awesome. Like that, that is the greatest thing. Like to this day, nothing excites me more than we're, we're at a con and we meet up with an artist. And they say, you guys talked about my book and you moved units. Like, that thrills me. But that's just a product of the honesty. No, exactly. But, like, that just makes me absolutely giddy, right? Hmm. You know, like, like I talked, um, well, I talked, I had an internet chat, you know, messaging with uh, Kagan McLeod this month, checking in on him. And, uh, you know, I mean, Infinite Kung Fu came out, what, 10 years ago now? I I think so. Give or take. And he brought up in our chat, like, dude, you guys were so great for my book like you helped sell so many copies and it's like that was 10 years ago and he still like values it like that's incredible right i mean that's like it, it's it's great because yeah. i think that book is amazing and i love that we helped people discover that book like i've not that's probably other than the friendships that we've built that's my favorite thing about the show right and and i hope that honesty comes through because there's never been a moment i'm just again approaching it from my perspective where Josh Bayer or Matthew Allison has sent me a message saying, I got something coming out. You think you can, you know, big it up on the show? Uh, you know, I, I really blah, blah, blah. It's ridiculous. They just don't do that, right? And it, the fact that we keep talking about these same names over and over and over again, I think speaks to the fact that we honestly love the things that these people do. Like Matthew Allison, again, I think he's one of the greatest things ever. So I keep bringing it up over and over and over again and the i would hope that 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 veracity that honesty comes through in that i'm not just all right thanks a lot for the check uh this will get me a you know uh uh uh, what are those things those skidoos that go on the water from my beach house um i'm not do this is not payola we we come here and we talk about art because it's something that inspires us it makes our lives better so therefore we would like to return the favor and make your lives better by talking about this art that's all that's i mean there's no there there's no uh preconceived notion there's no get rich quick scheme this is not mm-hmm. you know ralph cramden's no cal pizza we're just trying to, to spend time with each other talking about art that's what we do mm-hmm. boom uh, one of the questions we asked our, our our slack patrons was hey you know <laughs> if we suddenly made you the producer of the show like magically tapped you what was the name of the guy that was your manager back in the day bolton who you, t- who you talking about miguel 
You are so stupid. You are not doing it the way you should do it. <laughs> no, but I said if you were, we asked him if he, if you could be the producer, would what would you change? You know, like what would you like to see us do different or, or augment? And admittedly, it was a very flattering thing because the majority of people are like, I wouldn't change a thing, which yeah, is very nice to well, hear. But that's nice. But a few people who were probably more honest about it said, like the most common tweak i think and this is more reactionary than like empirical i didn't tally the i didn't put it in the spreadsheet but i would say the one thing that we get we get the most from our hardcore listeners and friends is that interestingly they would like less interviews and boggles that cuts two ways for me so on a personal level that crushes me because a I listen to way more podcasts than you two do, like way more comics podcasts than you do. It's true. Like collectively, I'm sure I listen to more than both of you combined. 100%. And I listen to all the interview podcasts. And I'm not blowing our, I'm not blowing smoke up our own asses, but I think we are as good an interviewing podcast as there is in the industry. Like genuinely, I do believe that. And I think it's objective. So I think like it would, it would sadden me to not be partaking that. Additionally, I love, doing interviews like it is a great pleasure to me to dig in and get to know somebody and have a conversation where we kind of probe them and try and draw out things about them so it always bums me when i feel like probably more than 50 percent of our audience would rather us just do like riff like we do most weeks and on one hand it's very flattering because like it's 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 flattering to think i'd rather you three jamokes talk than hear you talk to famous creator right like that's a that's a very nice thing but but like on a personal level, it bums me out because I love when we do interviews. Um, so it's interesting because I like I do think that is the most common, and I don't even know if it's a fifty percent, but like of the people that I would say are our hardest core friends and contributors to the show, and like patrons and and people who critique us, like that is the thing that comes up the most. Like there are others who, uh, by the way, like on in the same thread, there are people that say I I, I love your interviews and I wish you did more. So it's it's definitely not a hundred percent thing. Sure, but yeah. I'd say probably two or three to one people actually would rather us do less interviews than more, and uh, and that bums me out because like I think one of the things you had asked Vince is like what would be like when we were talking about asking each other questions would be what would you like to see the show do or you know become or augment going forward, and you guys know like in my perfect world we would have a second almost like a subset show where we would do interviews of all kinds, like all the time. And it could either be a separate feed or just more episodes of the show. But like, I would love to on a weekly basis, have conversations that are just interviews. And so, but I wonder like, is that not something that the listeners really want? So I don't know, you know, but it does bum me out when I see so many people being like, "Ah, I just rather you guys talk. I mean, you got to keep in mind that, um, and 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 I told you guys I, when 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 the answer started coming in, and, and I was like, the listeners know what's up because for me, um, when it comes time to do the show, like even there are times where unless Vince actually has somebody in mind that I absolutely love hanging out with, uh, but there are times if I know Jason's not going to be on the episode, uh, Vince like, who, who are we going to get? And I'm like. Superman. I just, I just <laughs> want to hang out with with you. But I, I absolutely understand that. Listen, if, if it's just you and I, that means heavy lifting involved. We're going to have to talk more. If you don't have anything right. to bring, 
then so I absolutely get it. I don't it it doesn't hurt as much, but yeah, there's there's like why does he just want to hang out with me? But it's one of those things where it's like, no, it's 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 That's we not. want to make sure that the, I know, I know, and it's it's one of those things where we have to make sure that there's going to be stuff there. If people are going to download, and listen to it, we got to give them something to listen to. And, right. and I, I can and call I get, you on the Skype and say, hey, let's talk for an hour about you know this this issue of Superman, and that that would be great. But you know, is that an episode? Two million people and, don't want to listen to that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so so if there and likewise there are times where if um if somebody is coming on if somebody has something that they want if if if, if something's coming out soon if if Scotty's got something to, and it, it, Scotty's not the right example for this neither is Tony but if if someone's like listen guys I can can I come on cuz I want to I got I got something new coming out from Image and normally you know any probably anybody else and even YouTube be like fuck yeah you're going to come on where you get a lot of people listening to this because you're going to be pimping your new shit. And that's great. And that's something to absolutely big up. And, and, and something is, that is something that is positive, something you should push for. And all I sometimes think about is it's fucking groove, man. It's like, I just wanted to, <laughs> like, we were going to talk about something. It's like, like you're, right. you're, you're, you're killing the flow. And, 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 and I, and that is entirely 100% me being selfish and, and, and I own that, and I admit it. And, and well, I'm glad you said uh, it. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's how, how how after I say all that, how would I be able to even attempt to deny that? There is no way. It's it's it, it's absolutely a me thing. And um, but I I absolutely love everybody who we do get to sit down and chat with. And 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 I think whether we were doing that at a con, it, it's Facebook memories came up this week, and it was three years ago when we had the dinner that Felix invited yeah, us to. Yeah, so great. And, and, and it's like, you know, and, and when, so when we have, <laughs> we have somebody on the show, it's like sitting, it's like the three of us sitting at that end corner section of, of, of that dinner table. And, and we've got Scotty and we've got, you know, Trent Moore's down the hall and, and, Nick and here's Nick, name. Nick Trigato was there and, <laughs> and, and fucking Riley Rossmo was and, there. And, Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, so we're all having a grand old time. Yes, is here. We're showing Scotty Lambert. And, talk and, about what I make each year. Yeah. And Paul and, Pope grabbed my ass. Right. Fact. So, you know, when we have, um, he didn't, but whether, I would like to think he did. Whether we're, whether we're having drinks with someone at the Western bar or they're sitting with us on an episode like, like Sean Crystal's like, well, you guys got to have the drink roll call. That's, that's just comfortable. That's familiar. That, yeah. that, that's somebody who, who, who just, who, who's enjoying being here. Not just here was like, listen, these are my talking points. I, I never want to bring up my time at Marvel. I want to make sure we talk about these three books. And it's like, dude, it's, it's, it's like, I, you've never listened to the show then, obviously, because we kind of just run with it i mean yeah there are talking points we'll hit on some things if there's things we have to avoid we'll absolutely do that but we're not this isn't a press junket where you're just gonna come around and we're all answering we're all asking the same questions and and you're just gonna run off the answers and that's that that's why it like like when jason said earlier about you know he forgot to mention something after thinking about the episode yeah i i do that too i mean i did it earlier because i think i said wait when i mean austin because it's wait austin ellis on the slack yeah know? it is wait it's austin. It, right so it's it's i i, I just thought wait for some reason but he kind of goes by austin so i'm like i i gotta if if that went by like i'd be downstairs cleaning up and, afterwards, and i'm like well, right i'm like fucking idiot and and it's one of those <laughs> things where well you're hard like, like you you heavy as the head like and vince and i always give you like you know you you 
you are hard on yourself, like in, in like way an too hard. way. Yeah, way yeah. too hard. Yeah. So I would just want to say like about the because, again, like just clarifying the criticism about the interviews is often kind of codified too. it says, well, we love when you have Scotty or Tony on or like someone who's family because where you're not having them on to interview them, they're just sitting in the fourth chair. But it seems like people don't like when we have like creator X on to talk about the work they're doing right then and there. And, uh, like, I will accept that criticism for what it is. On the other hand, like, I think that um, I'd like to think that one of the things we always do, with very few exceptions, like with Roy, we were given a very specific, like, of 30 minutes. But, like, generally, I think, and, and again, I say this as the person who, by and large, sets up a lot of our interviews, I always try and say, like, hey, you know, if you're not familiar with our show or you don't remember, we we – we view it like we're going to have a long, casual conversation. Like, yes, if there's something you want to promote right now, we're going to talk about it for sure. We'll work it in. But, like, we just want to have a conversation with you. And so I'd like to think that even when we are having an, a, guest, a, a guest on who's got something, quote-unquote, hot or of the moment they want to promote, it's always wrapped in a longer, more casual chat. You yeah, know? Yeah. It's never like, okay, you know, and let's ask you the five questions that you – like, so, I like – and I hope it comes off that way because that is always our goal. Like we never want to have a show where we're just like, okay, tell us about this book that's coming out. And when's it coming out? And okay, thanks for coming on. You know, I mean, yeah. but it is what it is, you know. Yeah. So if we got to the end of an episode and who's never interviewed somebody who's never been on the show before and we get to in your travels and you're like, all right, so, so Bob, what, what'd you read this week? Did, did you grew? Oh, I don't, I read I don't read other people's comics. It's like, <laughs> so why aren't you here, man? I just, I don't. Yeah. But, yeah no i was if a creator is appearing on the show chances are it's not because they have something well no i shouldn't say that they do have something to promote but the fact that they're here means we want them here right there's never what with very very few exceptions there hasn't been anyone who's ever appeared on the show that just you know oh geez we have to do this let's just do it and We'll do a solid for this dude, and then maybe yeah. you know. It's, no, there it, there have not... been episodes where we've been like, "Oh, that was rough." Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But sure. It was never preemptive. Like we thought it was going to be great, and yep. it just wasn't. Either because I don't know, we weren't prepared, or they were in a bad way, or yeah. you know, whatever. Like there, there's a look. I mean, and again, I'm not going to. We're not going to put you on blast, but but there have been a few repeat guests over the years that are name creators. And I think our longtime listeners could probably pinpoint that there have been dramatically different results with each of their appearances, right? Like, I'm, right. I'm thinking of two creators in particular. You guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Where their appearances have ranged from an absolute jubilant three hours, where we're like giddy that we had them on, to a, oh boy, that was rough same creator, right? Like mm-hmm. same creators. Like and it was as much about where they were in their lives at those moments as it was our approach or what we asked them or what like it's you know these are every, like they're human too and they have ups and downs personally and creatively and professionally and uh sometimes you don't know until you're there, right? Yeah. Like where you're like, "Oh, I, maybe we shouldn't have had them on." Like 
you know, and, and that's, that's just the way it is, right? Like that's the nature of the beast whenever you have a conversation with someone. And, and that's, that's when we would do a clip show. If we didn't like the way the episode worked, if, if like that, that was a shit show. We can't air that. Then Vince would have to come out with a clip show, but, but that's, that's warts and all. You're going to get what we record. No, so, I screw that. I would still never do a clip show. We, we would record something yeah. very, very quickly. I mean, I will say, and again, not this is not about casting aspersions, but but in the years that it's just been the three of us, I probably can count on my hand the number of times where I've thought, like, oh, that wasn't good. Like, oh, that was, like, yeah. we just, right? And I mean that. Like, I'm sure there have been episodes where we're like, ah, that's, we just didn't have it tonight. But, like, and I say that because I, and again, this is not, like, I love Chris like a brother, but... There was a period of time when it was the four of us before he left where there were many nights where I thought, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm not sure that was very good. Yeah. You know? Well, well, Chris was the ultimate um, nullifier because for as much as Chris added to the show, he would subtract. He would take away because um, – while he was very, very enthusiastic about the things that he wanted to talk about, he was not very complimentary yeah. for anything that he wasn't feeling at the moment. Yeah, he got to a point where he just disliked comics in general. Right, right. And, and it's, it, it's hard to have a collaborative conversation when you don't like 80, 90% of what is out there. Sure, sure. Yeah. And and again, not to we're not throwing stones at Chris. Chris was a very, very important part of 11 o'clock comics and he still is i mean because we're still together here we wouldn't be together if not for chris so you got to give it up for chris neesman and go listen to around comics because they're still doing stuff and uh you know he is uh and always will be our brother it's true by the way uh we're two hours in we're still doing thank yous Yes, <laughs> I know. This is the episode that just went in strange and catharsis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, let's just jump in. I, I, I think we owe we owe a huge thank you. Uh, in addition to because we've been talking about this, all spun out of the the Davin thank you. Um, our our uh, our longtime friend and listener, whose birthday it is, by the way. Well, when he listens to this, it'll be the day after his birthday. But but as we recorded, it is his birthday. So happy birthday, Mr. Tim Meekins. Yes. Yes. And you know, Tim has been a fan friend listener of the show for a long ass time and he is a patron member of our slack crew and one of the people that were so giddy when dap came up with the idea for the slack because tim was a patron at a level that would have earned him a care package for a long time but because he lives outside the united states um wasn't eligible for a care package because you know it's pricey uh and you know luckily with the slack we were able to offer something that was hopefully as good if not better and then because of the uh, the mid- mid-year gift exchange that we did, I was picked to be Tim's gift gifter. And uh, because, like, he had been a patron for so long, I tried to hook him up. Like, I sent him a big-ass package, you know. And uh, I think it went over well. He liked it. Uh, and then it's like, you know, you kind of feel like you're balancing the cosmic scales. <laughs> and then Tim takes his big old 12-inch donger out and slaps us with the cosmic face because – he sends us all packages from across the pond and it was just like an incredible melange of amazing things. And it's like, now he's like, now the scales are totally off balance again. Cause he, we owe him huge, but, but no serious love to him. And uh, I'm not going to go through everything that he, he gave me or, or you guys, but I will say that um, Tim is a, an artist in addition to uh, many other things. And 
well, he gave me some awesome books and like Legos and stickers and stuff, which were all really cool. Um, I mean, I'm most touched by the fact that he gave me two different commissions. He drew uh, a beautiful Moby Dick and he drew a beautiful blink for me. So <laughs> Moby Dick, nice. yeah. So like, so, you know, I already told him like, on a one-on-one, like much love to him and, and thank you so much. You guys going to chime in? I think you all got stuff from Tim as well. Even open the box because I thought it was a seven hundred thing, so I didn't open it. Oh snap! Yeah, Good well, whatever. Um, no, that's great thinking. I'm going through it now. I got how to think when you draw volumes one and two. Damn, he's trying to tell you you don't think when you draw. Well, maybe not, but I don't care what he's trying to tell me. The fact that he gave me these books is awesome because I I didn't uh, buy into these kickstarters. Uh, I don't know why, but I didn't. It may have been during my, uh, yeah, you know, poo-poo the Kickstarter phase. Um, so I got How to Think When You Draw, Volumes 1 and 2. And I got some Legos, one of which is a Spawn. <laughs> uh, Uncanny Tales, number 179. Uncanny Tales, number 180. This looks like, no, it's not Ditko. But it looks like Ditko, but it's not. Maybe it is. Um, I got a British annual battle because I love the British annuals, and I do not have this. Let's see if anybody jumps to the surface. Um, oh, man. Look at that. Action Force. Jason's going to be jealous. Word. British yep. guy Joe, y'all. Let me see. This looks like a... It is. James Stokoe. Sobek. Yeah, he gave me Sobek too. I, can't I don't same, have that. Same, same. I got a goon. I got a House of M. What? Okay. That's cool. Oh, variant covers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Survivors Zombanak. That's cool. Read yep, the shit same. out of that. Looks like some Cthulhu things in here. Um, postcards. What is this? This looks like Alan Moore. I bet you it is. Yeah. It is. Um, Alan Moore and Mitch Jenkins showpieces. You got Act wow. of Faith, Jimmy's End, Upon Reflection, A Professional Relationship, His Heavy Heart, Extras. This must be a either Blu-ray or DVD box set. It's a slipcase. And I know what I'm going to be doing right after we uh, end this episode. I'm going to be uh, after I edit the damn episode doing some alan moore visually because oh that's just great radio isn't it that just <laughs> wonderful i would be bitching it oh there's a book it is a dvd set and it's a book as well this is awesome nice sorry for what because i get mad when we do box sounds during the episode, but I thought you were going to say, and and this 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 is also a um, this was also brought up during the uh, I believe Christopher is also the only person who mentioned this, um, Christopher Burton, and I kind of agree with him. Um, thinks that uh, the thank yous should be at the beginning. There shouldn't be an afterthought. If someone sends something and and you acknowledge that, 
it should be when everybody's listening and and yeah, if maybe only... not everybody listens to the end. It's interesting right. though. I feel like we've had other people say the opposite, right? Right. Yeah, yeah I'm sure we have. And 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 it's it's one of the, if if we I mean yeah, it it it, it could tack things on and 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 start to derail things right away, but again, it's 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 there've been plenty of times when we've done episodes where we'll tell each other right after or the next morning we didn't mention this or we forgot that it was like, yeah. you know, it, because the day just gets too long. I mean, we've, it's, it's like, um, it's like right now there's, uh, there's, there's, there's coach Pino and Raj Patel who are owed shout outs and they've been on since last week. And their shout outs. So we're just doing it now. Uh, so thank you both. And, um, and the, uh, so so right now I I mean this is great because it's right in the middle of the episode but yeah there's absolutely two minds of it and and I just I don't want anybody to be um not forgotten but just you know we didn't get to it for whatever reason so getting it doing it at the beginning at least that can be ticked off and we can move on to 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 other matters but um I absolutely get why you might want it at the end because someone sending something to us may not make for entertaining radio for someone else. And, and they're just they're They want to hear us get to fucking as, as Jason has pointed out in the past. So, um, Tim sent me a phenomenal Mr. Monster commission. I love it. It's color. I got to find out where it's going to go on the wall. Cause it's definitely going on the wall. Um, my Legos include Daleks, uh, Lobo, a really cool Cyclops. Jason, I don't think I've ever seen this for many of the vendors at any of the shows, but this Cyclops, um, it's the, uh, it's, it's the Jim Lee version with that, the, 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 that version X-Men outfit, but the, he's actually got, um, red plastic rods for, for to, to be his, his eye blast. And I've oh, never nice. seen, never seen that at any of the cons we've been to. Um, see when you say really yeah. cool Cyclops, isn't that an oxymoron? Oh, no, it's, it's. I mean, the, the the rods are. If it's if it's Paul Smith drawn, then no, it's not an oxymoron. Are but, they ruby oh, rods? They might be ruby quartz rods. Yeah, they might be ruby rods. Nice. nice. I love you. <laughs> uh, so uh, and and a Punisher, which I mean, these are all awesome looking Legos. I got to get the other Legos out of the boxes because I still haven't unpacked them before we moved. Um, this is cool because it comes with three D glasses. Nice, but it's a uh, it's it's an art book called Str- Stransky, the art of uh, of Stransky. Actually, um, really loving the uh, the style on these pages. I have a bunch of coasters and stickers, um, some postcards. I have an issue of Sketch from Blue Line. Uh, the the cover story is Mike Waringo, Flash oh. to tell us the Fantastic Four. So I love this. Um, even though there's a there's there's a um, a Chuck Dixon interview as well, but there's also Bo Smith and both good people. Um, Dude, I got a Susie. I, uh, he sent me a Susie. A Susie, what Lego? Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, oh, I can tell it's not invisible. It's not an empty bag. No, it's in. That's nah, funny. All right, keep going. Uh, Judge Dredd, the Mega Collection, Dark Side of the Moon, from uh, Hatchet. It's a it's a nice looking hardcover. Um, 
and it looks like it, it, it ranges from uh, stories range. I've never seen these kind of collections. You probably have been, uh, but but stories are anywhere from um, like Prague forty seven. So I mean, we're going back to nineteen seventy eight, nineteen ninety six, two thousand six. We're jumping all over the place with these Judge Dredd stories. Um, the Mighty Thor, which cost uh, thirty five p in Ireland, and uh, it's a Gil Kane cover. I haven't opened the bag yet, but. Um, I'm guessing these are the way the international versions of um, because I mean I've seen some Marvel comics from like the UK and they're standard size they're the same they're our size but these I I, I mean these are obviously I say obviously but I'm guessing these are reprints and that's why they're um they're a larger size his his uh, the card he wrote mentioned um, variant covers that that he's obtained over the years so yes i too have a have a house of m variant cover looks like joe mad artwork um i have an issue of the goon i also have the survivors zomniac and uh and sobek and a transformers annual nice hardcover with optimus and megatron fighting uh looks like page at the coupon or redemption sticker or something from the corner of the page um was cut, which is nice. I, I I love the fact that this is um this has seen some love. But it's it's um Simon Furman does scripts, you got Dan Reed art, um there's uh yeah Andy Wildman art. So it's I, I'm not sure when these um I don't think I don't think these were um these are reprints or were published here, but um the annuals, really cool. Well, maybe they were. I, 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 I am no. There's, there's a lot of uh, British Transformers that were not published over here. Okay, because the spine does say Marvel. So well, okay uh, then, yeah. But um, Furman and, and company a lot of text pieces in here did some yeah, stuff that wasn't printed here. And because I, I don't, I don't recall Furman doing a lot here in, um, in the eighties for the Transformers books, but. Um, but yeah, so this, I mean, this was just, I mean, this this was a plethora of awesomeness. I, I love this. Yeah, Thank you, Tim. It was amazingly crazy. Oops, I dropped a Hideshi Hino figure. But anyway, um, it, it's ridiculous that, that, that people like Tim and like Davin do this kind of stuff for us. But uh, we've gone um, two hours and 40 minutes and have not spoken on a single comic. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there is one thing that we all have read that I think we should at least talk about uh, for the sake of being able to litter our gallery with images, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. And that is the recently released Norse finally. Mythology. Yes, finally. By um, well, the the two driving forces behind this issue are Neil Gaiman and P. Craig Russell, but you also have some Mike Mignola, Dave Stewart, Jerry Ordway, Laverne Kinzierski. Uh, you get a variant cover by David Mack. This is the first issue of uh, Gaiman's uh, take on North Norse mythology. Uh I enjoyed it. 
but it wasn't anything I didn't already know, having read Thor for many, 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 many years. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it was it was much more Ohatmu than narrative. Right, right. Uh, aside from the Ordway story, which I thought was the absolute highlight of the issue. I don't know, your mileage may vary, but <laughs> the uh, the Ordway, uh, Thor, Loki tale, which is continued to the next issue, I thought was the showpiece for this first issue. When I started, no, I am, I am. I was, I was trying to. I, I wanted to figure out how I should start if I had notes. Um, the, the, um, when I started reading this, it just reminded me that I've been kicking myself for still. It, it's behind me. If, if we were a video show, you'd know that. But I, I still haven't gotten very far into Gaiman's Norse mythology, the the prose book he wrote a few years ago, which is basically this is an adaption of um so i i'm not everybody's familiar with norse mythology some people might be aware of it from other avenues and 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 they have a certain image or what they consider their version of of norse mythology and and um i want to read neil's book because i want to know where he's approaching it from obviously he, he does mention the marvel stuff and and um at the beginning but um you know, the way marvel took the characters isn't necessarily how things were were written um originally uh so i i appreciate this being able to look at it through a different lens do i think the Ordway? The few pages Ordway gave us are the best of the book. I think. Um, if you say they're not, you're super wrong. No, I'm not. I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not going to say they're not. It's just, they're all. Um, I. They're they're all. His is the only one who's telling a story sequentially. He he's the only one really. I mean, yeah, I mean the Mignola exactly. story is for the most part, but 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 Mignola's, and and because of the way because of the way Ordway draws, um, yeah. you you you're getting that um, larger than life. This I mean it 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 works. The first two, yeah, the first two stories are basically um, it's 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 they're. The, the very first one by 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 Russell is is pretty much a, a who's who, but um, yeah, it's I mean, a it's a journey through the nine realms, uh, yeah. centering Almost around like a rhyme kind of way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yggdrasil, the the world tree, and the nine realms, how the roots of Yggdrasil goes into <laughs> each of the nine realms, yada yada yada. We've heard that a million times, right? But the fact that it's illustrated by pre Craig, Craig Russell. You know, it's a momentous occasion because gorgeous, you yeah. you don't always get P. Craig Russell on a, on a regular basis. But yeah. I'm going to tip the, the hat to Mike Mignola. I think the last panel of his chapter in which Heimdall blows yeah. Yallerhorn, that is probably, I, I think, one of the best panels Mignola has ever delineated. 
I love big words, but yeah. No, I love the band. Look at the composition of that thing. Oh, no, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. But if we came for sequential art and, and, and we, we plunked down our money to get some storytelling, the Jurgens, or I'm sorry, the Ordway, (laughs) sorry, yeah, the Ordway chapter is by far the best. It's yeah, it it's linear. It's well, it's not yeah. so much linear, but it there's a narrative here. Loki is despicable. Thor is in the tradition. The the red haired Thor. Um, Loki's doing his despicable backhanded deeds by manipulating these these dwarves to do something for him. I just thought it was in in keeping with Norse mythology. This is the most true to the source than all of them yeah and it's yeah, i think totally visually true. it's the most beautiful but it, yeah. that's a subjective opinion you still got it i mean it's, it's oh man I, does yeah. he still I mean, got it yeah I mean, lost it. but yeah i mean like if, if i mean because we were just talking about power of shazam which of course is from the 90s and and this yeah. i mean it, it's it's obviously he hasn't lost just because he's not necessarily drawing something every month um he he obviously still has uh what it takes but the um it was great to see him I, he's not first of all he's never somebody i've associated with dark horse so that, that that's that took a second to get used to but um to see him playing around in in a book that also has russell and Mignola, i mean it's it it's it's a pretty solid first issue when it comes to things that that, that I, it's giving you yeah I, I thought it was a good first issue but the, the yeah. thing about ordway's approach is that the the thor by and large does not resemble marvel's thor and maybe that yeah. was done uh, intentionally yeah. yeah but his loki is more basil rathbone than it is tom yeah. um what's his tom name Edelson? yeah yeah uh, so it's it's more of a classic approach to the. Uh, it, it looks like a, a a Norse mythology stage play done yeah. in in the the sixties. You know where you know Basil Rathbone was still he still had had some mojo left. I I, th- I thought the the Ordway was wonderful. Like, that's not to slight the other uh, contributors. Like the the Mignola is fine. Uh, I think the the Russell is what I expected the P. Craig Russell to be, but I, I I question the like why are they doing this? Other than a an anthology showcasing some great art by some some wonderfully talented contributors, like I don't get why this exists. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm with you. Like I. I... I enjoyed it. I I don't regret buying it. I think it looked great, but I'm with you. It was more like if I was doing a fifth grade book report on the Norse gods, I feel like if I opened up Encyclopedia Britannica, it would be this, you know. Yeah, without visual, but it would be like right, just without like, oh. the beautiful artwork. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But like you said, I mean, if if you're steeped in Marvel, I mean, it's not obviously Marvel's Norse mythology is not verbatim with the classic mythology but it's pretty close to form it's close enough where very little of this is going to feel surprising to you um the most you know probably the biggest biggest difference is that thor and sif are married right yeah right 
I think the biggest revelation in terms of the mythology is the Mignola story. On how Odin lost his eye? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, visually, I think it's wonderful. Uh, of course, it's Mignola. Thick, inky shadows. We, we, we've come to expect that from the man. But mm-hmm. it, it, it features an Odin that is not the father of, of Asgard. He's, he's a fledgling. He's just a, a neophyte. He's coming up in the world. Instead of being at the, the pinnacle of the food chain, he's, he's somewhere down the bottom. And he needs wisdom. So he sacrifices his eye in order, in order to gain wisdom. And I think it's a, it's a uh, I would probably do the same thing. If, if I would be granted the secret knowledge of the universe for the mere contribution of an eye, hell yeah, I would do it. Why not? But uh, all that said, I think it culminates in what is, in my estimation, one of Mignola's greatest panels. That lightning bolt is fantastic. I would wear a t-shirt of that. There you go. And it has to end in freaking Ragnarok. The the, yeah. the Norse are so <laughs> bound by Ragnarok, it's like, can we not get away from this thing? It's it's the sword of Damocles hanging over every Norse god's head is Ragnarok. Jesus, yeah, let man. it go, dudes. Just whatever. See, the, big, the, the, the biggest revelation to me in this was that Thor has a kicking headboard with a bunch of thunderbolts, lightning bolts, and, and a big T in the middle of it. Well, that's how Sif lost her hair. Was on the headboard, I think. <laughs> I bet it makes sense. Really, you gotta you gotta take it there. Sorry, <laughs> Sif ends up. You always say to me, "You don't have to work, Blue. You're too talented." Um, exactly. Sif, Sif has beautiful blonde, or she had beautiful flowing blonde hair, and wakes up one morning, and her hair is gone. And Thor says, "What the fuck?" Yeah, what well, happened to you, bro? Really, like. She loses her hair like that. That's how repulsed you are. It's like I, she's still beautiful, right. but whatever. Um, and but he goes to his brother or his half brother. He's like, "What did you do?" And he's like, "I was just having fun. I was drunk. I t- I I did something. Her hair's gone." Well, Thor's like, "Well, you know what? You're gonna fix this." And how am I gonna fix this? Um, he breaks Loki's arm and he says, "I will break every damn bone in your misbegotten body if you do not fix." My 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 woman's hair, and Loki says, "All right, I guess I'll go to the dwarves. I'll have them make something. They're they're good at making shit. I'll have them make her some hair." So he manipulates the dwarves into working against yeah. each other. Or he attempts to. <laughs> well, he, he attempts to, yeah, but he goes to one group and says, "You know what? That other group is talking smack about you that you suck and you can't make anything. Prove them wrong by making me, you know, hair." And the the next group the same thing, but um, the 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 last group says, "All right, you know what? Let's raise the stakes in this little wager. I we want your head. If if we win this contest, we get your head." And Loki's like, "Yeah, uh, mm, I guess so. I got my horned helm on. You might as well take it because I'm looking fabulous. Whatever." Uh, it was fun. I, I thought this issue was great, but again, Loki gonna Loki. Right. I'm scratching my head, thinking, how does this contribute to the Norse mythology in a significant way? And it does, 
Because of the art. What? What are you laughing at? No, I think you're... Um, Am I, I think, being too uh, hard on it? No, no. It, it's it's. I'm looking at it from the sense that um, American Gods is is pretty much wrapped up, and 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 they've got the collections coming out of that. But there isn't really anything on the horizon for the gaming library from Dark Horse. So this is, I think, just another way to make sure Neil still has something coming out from Dark sure. Horse. Sure, I mean, yeah, it's just else losing, but it's right. You so put that name on the cover, people are going to buy it. But it's not like they were. It's not like it, it's. It's not like Richardson walked up to to gaming and was like, "Hey, we want you to do so. Here's an idea for your new series at, at Dark Horse." It's he he did the Norse mythology book. So the, once he writes Norse mythology, there, I, it's not it's not the most logical leap, but I I understand why this would be the next thing. Um, yeah, if he's going to do something for Dark Horse, I could see why this would be it's, happening. Yeah, it's public domain. You know, it's again, it presses the recognition buttons. You got Thor and Loki, and uh, because Marvel's movies are so popular, this is. I get it. It. I just, uh, other than the art, which I think is gorgeous, I, I, well, maybe that's reason enough, to to. Uh, promote this thing you know uh, it's not every day you get a book with Mignola P. Craig Russell and Jerry Ordway so mm-hmm. yeah I think we should we should champion this book because it makes 99.9% of the other books on the stands look bad by comparison so that's reason enough I guess to, to promote it there, you got you got heavy Super heavy hitters in this book. So buy it and read it. There you go. Yeah. Jason's being quiet. Did he go pee again? I'm just, uh, no, I'm just listening to the train go by. Such beautiful. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you said it all. I, I, you know, again, it's, I enjoyed it. It it looks great. P. Kirk Russell's an amazing artist. I'm a sucker for, ironically, any game and book, even though I haven't read Sandman. I don't know how that works. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I pre-ordered the other issues, you know, but it was not what I expected. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, like, there's I, not a lot there other than, like, it's just, if if for some reason people have never read Thor, it's probably going to be more interesting to you. Yeah. Or at least revelatory. I was grateful that the P. Craig Russell chapter was as short as it was, because his work to me is exhausting. Um, And that's not a... a, a I'm not, you know, casting uh, whatever the kids say. I'm not throwing shade at at P. Craig Russell. I think he's he is one of the most um, refined graphic stylists ever. But for that very reason, I can't consume very much P. Craig Russell in one sitting. It's exhausting to me. Because it it's so refined and so well delineated, and everything is is in its space uh, compositionally. Where I'm like, man, I just need a little chaos. I need a little bit of, I need a you know a happy accident to take me out of this. Because he, you know, he he's so controlling and so um, well defined that I cannot consume a whole bunch of P. Craig Russell in one shot. 
mm-hmm. if, the, if that makes any sense. That's why I I thought the Ordway was the the tonic of this issue for uh, just because it is so. Um, well, to say that Jerry Ordway is in the moment is a bit of a uh, it, it doesn't do the man any service because he's he has a bit of refinement himself. Like he's he's very very good with uh, human anatomy. And he's uh, obviously from this. He's very good with with period pieces and costumery and all that stuff. But but there's a there's a little bit more life to Jerry Ordway's line than there is to P. Craig Russell's line. Where I think of it as, of uh, appropriately enough, um, a, you know, a Wagner symphony where Jerry Ordway is got a little bit of uh, Cecil Taylor in there. It's a little bit of chaos, which I love it. So if if I had my druthers, I I gravitate towards the Cecil Taylor over the 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 very rigid structure of the uh, the Wagner any day. There you go. This is Ooh, such is. a strange episode. I don't understand it <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, this is someone's first episode of listening to us. It's Ooh, not always like this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, since we are talking about comics, finally, I do want to highlight a few comics that uh, Might as well. are uh, directly steeped in the EOC familia. Mm-hmm. Up first, uh, good friend of the show, like almost, I'm pretty sure since inception, Mr. Nick Brokenshire, uh, has been doing some work uh, for... IDW for a while now, and he was kind enough to share with us two issues that are upcoming uh, that he participated in. Well, actually, one actually came out this week um, when he sent it to us as preemptive, but I guess the first one is out as of Wednesday. Um, and they are both Star Wars Adventures books. Uh, IDW's been doing the Star Wars Adventures books for a long time. The Those that aren't familiar, it's a all-ages approach to Star Wars. Um, so... The first one, which it looks like they're, I guess, rebooting the series again with a new number one, but uh, Star Wars Adventures number one, which came out this week. Uh, Nick is one of the two uh, creators, but but these books usually have two stories in them. Uh, So in that book, he is the second story, starting on page 13, Invasion of Echo Base, written, drawn, and colored by him. The only thing he didn't do is the uh, letters. And then in November... The Star Wars Adventures 2020 Annual comes out. And similarly, he is uh, the creator in the second half of the book, written, drawn, and colored, called A Rebel Bounty. And they're both excellent. And I would say that anybody who uh, is a Star Wars fan, or and this is pretty much on this demographic, if you're a Star Wars fan and or have younger kids who you're trying to get steeped into that universe, these are perfect books. Um, y'all know that, uh, my youngest son Holden is 11 and we spent the last few months during COVID watching the entirety of the Clone Wars cartoon, which I still say is one of the greatest cartoons ever made. Honestly, I think it's that good. Um, and then after we finished that, we were still jonesing for something. So we started watching, uh, the Rebels cartoon. Both are available on Disney plus if you're wondering where we watched it. Uh, and we're about halfway through that series, and it's it's also 
Excellent. Excellent. Um, and I think that Nick's stories um, are evocative of that in tone and style. Uh, I love Nick's cartooning. And I think that he's, you know, he asked us when he sent them to us to review um, if we thought that they were appropriate for all ages. And absolutely they are, Nick. I mean, these are these are not I mean, these are, you know, light PG or G rated stories with a lot of heart and a lot of adventure and fun and little little mix of humor in them. So, yeah, I, I love them both. And I would encourage anyone who is looking for all ages books and or Star Wars material to uh, to give Star Wars adventures a try. So co-sign with that. I mean, and I, I really, really like the way um, Nick approaches the characters. I mean, looking at reading his stories, it, it's, it's, because it is the second story of the first one, as you mentioned, but, um, and the first story is, looks great and, and, and it's fine. And it, it feels more, um, tonally, it looks like it would be in a, in, in, in a, in a kid's style, a comic and, and Nick's, approach to my eye is just it's 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 a little bit more detailed it's 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 a little bit more um realistic isn't the right word but it 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 looks like it's not nick, nick doesn't tell a story that's written like or or visually is is going to to be dumbed down or or, or talked down to the reader and and i like the way he approaches um his stories and and i like i said i, I like the way he approaches the star wars characters for sure. And then the other um, story, which we preempted last week, we talked about that we were going to discuss this book because we were so excited for it, is uh, our good friend Julian Lytle's DC Comics debut. Uh, and and that was, as a reminder, uh, Legend of the Swamp Thing Halloween Spectacular. Uh, it's a 48-page giant, which I would... I don't know, DC, like, I feel like you used to do 80-page Giants. They cool. still do. Yeah, yeah. They, they do. No, I know, I know. Yeah. I know yeah. But but um, but, it, but it, those that are DC regulars know that they do these pretty frequently. Not Maybe not once a month, but, but almost once a month they'll do, like, a little anthology that's thematic either to a holiday or a theme. And uh, This, needless to say, is their Halloween issue, um, and they're all stories about Swampy. It's six tales rooted in terror. So you've got uh, an anthology with six stories about about either directly or tangentially about Swampy. And um, I'm just trying to make Vince livid by calling him Swampy. No, that's um, why would you make me livid? You made me giddy when you called him Swampy. <laughs> uh, but there are six stories uh, at the Heart of Trees written by Ram. Is it Ram V or Ram the Fifth? Like, do you guys I know? Just, I, I always say Ram V. I think it's yeah. V because I'm pretty sure it's for his last name. Okay. So Ram V is the writer. Mike Perkins, nice to see on art. Yep. Uh, Andy Troy on colors. Uh, then there's Ring of Stones. By Philip Kennedy Johnson, writer, uh, Domo Stanton, art, and Jeremiah Skipper, colors. Uh, Sleeping Giant, Vita Ayala, Emma Rios, Jordi Belair. Um, Age of Discovery, uh, which is Jim Tynan, Christian Ward, and Travis Lanham. Um, At the Heart of Man, which is another Ram V, Mike Perkins uh, story. Because those are, I should, those are, they bookend. Like, he does the, the intro-outro of, basically. It's kind of like... Um, 40 days, 40 nights. It's the premise is uh, the book opens where a boy's missing. Sheriff is looking for the boy and his crew. The sheriff lost his own son in the same forest at the same area eight years before Um, swamp thing discovers that the boy that's missing is being held captive by a tree who the tree is trying to protect him from what he's fearful of. But in, in the process, 
is killing him. Swamp Thing realizes that uh, tons and tons of kids have died in this circumstance over the years. And it kind of has turned this tree into this empath that uh, means well, but ends up killing the kid. So he frees the kid. But then kind of he sits down to talk to the tree. And she's like, and I say she because it's depicted as a feminine visually. But, you know, can you tell me stories? And so Swampy starts to tell uh, stories of, of his life. Uh, and then the last but not least story of the six is uh, No Sign of the Enemy, written by our good friend Julian Lytle, with uh, art by John Timms and colors by Gabe L. Tape. Um, I think, as with all anthologies, <laughs> um, it is a mixed bag. And I think this of almost every anthology I ever read, um, my enjoyment of each individual story varied from could take or leave it to absolutely loved it. Uh, now, thankfully, and I'm very happy to say and relieved that my favorite of the stories was absolutely Julian and John Tim's story. Um, I think Julian was very, very fortunate to be paired up with John. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, right? I was I was going to say that Julian got one of the very long strongs, uh, straws. Absolutely. If no, absolutely. you didn't get yeah. Perkins, Tim's was the I think the next in line to get. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. So yeah, that totally helps. But I did love the story. Um, I, I honestly I don't I didn't count it off. It's eight or ten pages. Maybe it's I, it's probably eight pages. I think from what I can remember. But uh, it's essentially a Japanese soldier is, uh, he's the last survivor of his battalion or division what have you and he doesn't know if and when the war is over so he continues to stake his uh his place and uh defend it and first it's a few days and it's a few months then it's years and then it's decades um until he finally realizes or at least never maybe realizes the case that uh that the war ended and uh swampy is is essentially his only friend uh, throughout the whole thing. And uh, I thought it was great because not only was it an interesting story on its own, but I thought it was a very clever, poignant narrative for where we are as a society, which is to say that uh, basically the premise is this guy is presented with a lack of information, so he just believes what he believes. And then when presented with new information, he's so inculcated into his own views that he refuses to believe it and thinks it's fake news. Uh, until he essentially dies at the end. Uh, and I, I just thought, well, that's poignant because that is where we are. I think for most of us, whether you're conservative or Democrat or whatever, uh, you, we are in a world now where generally speaking, we are fed a series of, of, of data points that reinforce our existing views. And it's very hard, if not impossible, to bring someone to the other side on any issue, really. Um and, uh, you know, I, I just thought that it was a very, very of the moment social commentary. So uh, huge tip of, of our cap and a raised drink to Julian. Uh, as I think we said last week, these are often tryout books for bigger and better opportunities at the big two. And I sincerely hope that this short story leads to a chance to do a full issue or, you know, co-write a series or what have you. And. And this is the beginning of, of Julian's career at DC. That would be amazing. So, um, but, but either way, man, you know, as I told him offline, I think his was the best story. And, uh, and, and I just, uh, I'm, I'm super happy for him. Same. Yeah. I think Julian did a wonderful job. But he was paired with someone that could make his ideas 
Uh, that oh, could, absolutely. That could bring his ideas to life. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm I don't not... want to put other people on blast. No, I think a lot of no. artists that we named are quality artists, but I don't think it was necessarily, in some of their cases, their best work. Yeah, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. It works for me. All right. Well, wow. I think that's more than enough for this episode. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we. Um, we did it. Uh, we we did it the only way it could be done. Really, um, <laughs> we did it the way we know how. Yes. If you would like more of this, go to the Twitter and the Reddit, and the Instagram and the Facebook. We are on there. Uh, if you would be so kind, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics. All the stuff um, that happens there is just this big old family cookout and you know where someone's bringing the hot dogs another person's bringing the buns and we just have a beautiful time it's just a family uh in the meantime check out dcbservice.com you will get your comics get them fast get them delivered straight to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying such as from marvel the defenders omnibus don't make me come get you fifty (laughs) dollars Uh, DC Manhunter by Archie Goodwin and Walter Simonson. The deluxe edition hardcover is only $8.99. What is wrong with you? And from Warrant, it's the Vampires Carmilla uh, magazine, number one for a paltry $3.57. In the meantime, I've been reading some New 52. And I'm not ashamed of it. But in doing that, I'm getting a whole bunch of hardcovers that are really cheap from Ollie's. And I bet, I I think, that David talked about this before. It's the Justice League Gods and Monsters. David, didn't you talk about this? Um, It does sound familiar. (laughs) Well, but it's, it's, yeah, I mean... You said New Fifty Two, and I didn't. I didn't exactly tune you out, but no, this isn't um, New Fifty Two. Uh, in in my search to get New Fifty Two uh, cheaply, I found this, and this is a hardcover. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, is... it's a it's a uh, uh, it was uh, I got writers here: Bruce Tim, J M De Matthias, and Tony Silas. But what it is is it's a it's an examination of an animated feature that DC released. Superman is is not Clark Kent. He's uh, the son of uh, uh, a migrant worker, and all of the the plight of the uh, the um, let's just say Latin American. Uh, people, peoples, and uh, he is the uh, he steps in when um, that goes south. Uh, Batman is Kurt Langstrom, not Bruce Wayne. Uh, Batman's a vampire. He gets um, lymphoma and cures his lymphoma, and in curing his lymphoma. He makes himself a vampire. Uh, Wonder Woman is uh, from Apocalypse. (laughs) 
it's a very, very strange take on the Justice League. Uh, but I read it in tandem with Earth 2. Uh, Morrison and, and Quietly's I'm, Earth 2. Yes. And, and it's two just very, very different um, approaches to the Justice League where uh, Morrison's is more traditional. This is just really freaking strange. Like, Batman's a vampire. And yes, it's shades of of um, Michael Morbius. It's unmistakable the uh, the relation to Morbius, but um, the the Superman is just so off kilter, and the Wonder Woman is bizarre. And then you get like one shots for Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. You get a three issue Gods and Monsters um, of the three of them working in tandem. I got this hardcover for three ninety nine, and it was I'll tell you. It was worth every penny. So if you have an Ollie's <laughs> uh, next to you, please uh, visit. Because for three ninety nine, um, man, this thing there's there's Darwin Cook covers in the back. Let's see what else we got. Um, your art teams are Moritat, Tony Silas, Rick Leonardi, Dan Green. What? Matthew Dow Smith, like, th this is, there's some really super heavy hitters in this book. Moritat does the Superman issue. It's just amazing. Um, and th the Batman, I think, is even, I dare say, better. But uh, it's just wonderful stuff. Justice League, Gods and Monsters. It says from the hit animated film. I, yeah, I know. I think I mentioned, I, I, I mentioned it in passing. I, I wasn't sure if it was related to Elseworlds or, or a fifth week event but it's because the gods and monsters it's not it's not new to me i just i don't think i've ever read i i, I definitely didn't read this collection you're talking about no you should get it i mean if, if there's more i'll go back and get it for you because it is i think it was pretty amazing cool no I'd yeah like to read i love the elseworld stuff and this <laughs> yeah is, no right this is just more of the same it's just cleverly conceived uh, even the Wonder Woman one shot is like fucking gorgeous to look at, and it was four dollars. What things that will never change? Vince being surprised that he enjoys that Wonder Woman story. It's true, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm just a fan and I don't want to admit it. I don't know. It's oh man. I I I didn't get a chance to to dig out my copy of of Earth Two, and I I mean I I've got one. I think it's got the French flap covers. It's 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 a standard size. It's almost like it's it's an Elseworlds, but not quite an Elseworlds style. Um, My copy of it, Earth Two came with a Blu-ray and a DVD. Yeah, it's um, weird. It has the animated thing here. with it. Yeah, it's it's what I um and and what was I don't like it. You don't not not like the Earth? I don't like I love the the Morrison quietly story i don't like mm -hmm. the animated feature i don't think i don't think i don't, it, I, don't yeah. I don't think i saw the animated feature the 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 I comic it's it's weird it it still takes me a second to actually refer to it as earth 2 because obviously in the 80s i'm reading dc books earth 2 is the world war 2 jsa earth earth 3 is where the crime syndicate is from and it right. it's still it it when I hear Earth 2, it still takes me way longer than it should 
to realize that oh that's that's the alternate earth where the heroes are bad guys and and, and it's still still doesn't click but um no earth 2 is earth prime earth 2 is home base in this earth 2 is not the earth that the crime syndicate comes from for real what earth do they come from damn it because i think because i remember the story when i when i read it it basically things just in reverse it's it's the way it's it, it, i think because of the perspective or, or, or the um the point of view of of the narrator it's it's i gotta i, I want to find it I, I mean we should make it a book in a month but we should um, we really should we should get into it because it's uh, very it's, much it's, worthy it's the ninth you want to just call an audible what does that mean that say earth 2 is going to be the book of the month for october i would not be adverse to that jason hell yeah why not boom done all right you heard it here folks book of the month for october is earth 2 by graham morrison and Frank Whiteley. With DVDs and Blu-rays. If you get, yeah, if you get DVDs <laughs> and Blu-rays, we'll have a viewing party on cast. But Seriously. Uh, the, um, uh, no, I think, yeah, all right, so then I won't, I won't bother getting too far into it. So that's so fine. We'll save it for the show, literally. Yeah, we'll save it. Awesome. Uh, I don't want to cut you off. Were you done, Vince? Oh, yeah, I've been done a long time ago. Yeah. Um I will save American Ronin because there's a lot that, that I think we can it, it's meaty. I think there might be things in here. It's only a five issue miniseries, but I think the first issue I like the way it's set up and yeah. um and Milligan has a little afterword and, and I, I think I, I think that, that can lead down to some um some discussion. So right now I'm going to mention this little graphic novel from Europe Comics. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> put on my Jason hat. Word it's called the other side of the border. It is uh, it is by Jean Luc Fromental, and your artist is Felipe Berhet. Uh, colorist is Dominique David, and it is it's it's weird in the sense that. Um, the art may not necessarily fit the weight of the story, um, especially the coloring and the, um, but I, I really, I'm, I'm intrigued. I was, it was a page turner. I, I, I didn't stop till I, I, I got to the end of it. And, um, it's, it's set in, um, in the, we'll say early fifties. And, it's set in the border town um, in Arizona, and uh, for the most part, also covers the other side of the border at times. But there's a murder mystery, and and it feels very much like something I'd watch on Turner Classic Movies. You know, Cliff and I would just you know throw back some brews and and watch this play out on on screen. And the um, I again the, the art the art might fit. In some cases, I, I, I would imagine I, I could have seen this serialized in, in heavy metal in the '80s, um, but there are moments where the art is kind of like a um, 
some of the men's faces may may remind you of, of like Steve Lieber to some degree, but but then the women, um, the women are almost like could be done by um, Jaime Hernandez. It's it's just it it's it, it's not an inconsistent art style. It's just it it took me a second to find out what lane we're going in because the again visually the look of it doesn't really um when you get a few pages in and you see a grizzly murder taking place um it's 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 more of a serious story than 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 the art would um lead you to believe especially when when you know you get some nice um nipple action so this is right up jason's alley but it's it's a um i i i think i they they when we were being introduced to characters and who actually could be the person doing the killing, um, they they had you maybe think about one or two other characters. Um, so they threw you off the scent. They did a real good job of that. It's not nothing nothing out of nothing that was completely illogical. It's not like they pulled somebody in um, in the uh, on the last page and say no. And then, and then Scooby Gang rips his mask off. It was, it, 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 it just, it works in the story. There were some characters that are introduced that you might think it, it was just, it was done really, really well. Um, and I really like the art. I, I'm not sure when this, um, this was originally published, um, but it was a, um, it, it's, I think it was a great translation. I, I really, um, I like the setting. I like the characters. The main character is a, um, is, is a writer of detective novels and, and, uh, he doesn't, he's, he's not trying to solve the mystery himself. He's not, he's, he doesn't think he's going to be a character in a story, but he, um, it's, he's kind of the center of, of, of the world that all this is taking place. And so he's still involved in it. And, and, um, but you're not, so it's not bogged down by him. You're not just, he's not a drain on you as, as, as you're, as you're reading the story and everything plays out. I think, um, I, I really, really did like it. It was, it was a nice surprise. I, I opened up my email. I saw the review copy and I, I, I just, I, as soon as I imported it to the iPad, I started reading it and, and, and I didn't stop. It's, it's really, really good. Excellent. Um, I, I can't take credit for this. I got to give shout out to uh, Patrick and Dal at uh, Challengers Comics in Chicago because on their episode last week, they were reminiscing and they Patrick talked about the fact that Vince made me think of this when he mentioned the new 52. Um, we are five years anniversary, speaking of anniversaries, of the all new, all different Marvel Um it was five years ago that they basically did a line-wide reboot and had dozens and dozens of all-new number ones. And it was a lot of fun because they went through some of them. And it was remarkable in that they're much like with the new 52. Um, there are titles that you probably can't remember ever happened. <laughs> there are titles that have that happened then and have already had one, two, or three subsequent reboots. There are titles that stood the test of time and are evergreen but it's it's just funny because we are literally five years from that point and i could probably throw out books to you 
we could do a game like, is this part of it or not? And you'd, you'd probably only be like half right. So like you had things like Tom King's vision, Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez Walter were part of that. Right. So legendary probably put Tom on the map to be where he is today. Right. But then you also had web warriors. Do you remember web warriors? I didn't. Mike Costa and David Baldion. Did you read that Dap? I figured if any of us read it, you did. No, no, I did not. That was Spider Girl, Spider Gwen, Spider Man India, Spider Man Noir, yeah. Spider UK, and Spider Ham. I remember the I remember the title. I, I never read any of the issues. How about Venom Space Knight? Yeah, I read that. Robbie Thompson, yeah. Ariel, all of yeah. yeah, yep, yep, yep. Do you remember who was on Uncanny during the reboot? You'll never, you'll never get it. But they were Uncanny number one. Colin Bunn and Greg Land. <laughs> oh, that's right. There's a bun in the oven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, this Bring is when they were trying to make the Inhumans a thing. Yeah. So they also launched the same week, Uncanny Inhumans, written by Soul, drawn by McNiven. Yeah, I remember that. And then Uncanny Avengers by Duggan and Steggy. Um, now, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, not a book that we all loved all that much, but definitely a book that, that was a certainly a, a, a hit i think uh fair to say star brand and night mask i will give you oh. i will then i will venmo you five dollars if you remember who wrote that without me without cheating um it wasn't spencer was it no because he was writing the other adventures book um shit i don't remember greg greg weissman of the story of marvel career uh, drawn by Domo Stanton, who was one of the people that drew in the Swamp Thing book. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it goes on and on. Scotty's uh, Rocket and Groot was part of that. Dennis Hopeless and Javier Rodriguez's Spider Woman was part of that, which I thought was a phenomenal book. Um, uh, Wait, Somni on Daredevil? What's that? Wait, Somni on Daredevil? Yep. Aaron and, and Bacello on Doctor Strange. Latour and Rodriguez on Spider Man. Slot and all right on Silver Surfer, which lasted a long time. Um, James Robinson on Scarlet Witch, which I didn't remember, uh, admittedly. Um, Red Wolf was supposed to be an ongoing by Nathan Edmondson and Dalibor Taliuk, but uh, that didn't last very long. Uh, Becky Cloonan and Steve Dillon on The Punisher. Yep. His right, last which work. is uh, Sanford and David Walker on. Power Man and Iron Fist. Yep. Uh, Jeff Lemire and Sorrentino on Old Man Logan, which I loved. I love that. Uh, yeah, and we could go on and on, but it's just funny, like thinking about how, like, that was five years ago. This big line wine reboot the whole universe and get new readers in, and you know, I don't know. I don't know if it worked or it didn't. Last one, Vince. Do you remember who wrote and drew Karnak? Oh, didn't, didn't I, Fraser Irving draw it? No. No, okay. but I know who wrote it. Who wrote it then? Warren Ellis. Yes. With Gerardo Zafino on art. Yes. Ah, yes, yes. nice. Yeah. But uh, anywho, um, you just made me think of that when you brought up the, the new 52. Um, but in your travels, I will just say um, give uh, Champions number one a try. Came out this week. Uh 
it's for those that are playing at home that are confused. Yes, there was also a Champions number one last year. <laughs> um, it's another one of those books that keeps getting caught up in the reboot cycle. But uh, this is written by Eve Ewing with uh, interiors by Simone DeMeo, which was the big draw for me because I was so taken by his work on the Power Rangers TMNT book. Uh, I think the book looks incredible. Uh, it's a really like crispy, clean, vibrant primary color driven almost like cell animation look um but admittedly having lapsed in my champions reading uh i was pretty lost like about it like there are a lot of freaking characters dude like like it's it's now i should i should make the point they make it very clear this 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 comes right out of outlawed number one yeah the, the one shot and they recap that, so I think they do a good job there. But but it, it, there are a lot of freaking members of the champions at this point. Like, pretty much every sidekick is seemingly in this in this book. Uh, a little too many, I think, for one issue. I was like, oh, okay. Like everyone gets a, a word bubble, and it's like, okay. But uh, the premise is is I can't figure out if the premise is intentionally repetitive and redundant or unintentionally. But but the premise is essentially. There was another um, like civil war incident. Remember, like civil war theoretically started because uh, Nuclo, right, like blew up and killed the blew up the city, and the new warriors were to blame for it. Well, this is the same thing. Like, like the champions are fighting a villain, and Viv Vision self destructs to uh, defeat the villain, but in the process, like blows up the town, and so they declare a, they pass a law called. Uh, K- Kamala's law, because because Kamala is Kamala Khan is Miss Marvel. She she's out of costume, supposedly wounded in this, and she becomes like the poster child for the damage of having undisciplined young heroes who aren't ready to be heroes. So they pass Kamala's law, which basically says it's illegal to be a costumed hero under the age of twenty one, and much like Civil War, there are the people that believe that that's right, and there are the people that think it's wrong. And that's where this book picks up, and they are house divided among the young heroes as to whether they should abide by the law or fight against it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so much like Civil War that I'm assuming this is just their like kind of critique of Civil War, but it just feels weird when a company that like puts out like critiques its own thing. You know what I mean? Like it it'd be one thing if like DC was taking a poke at civil war in their own way or vice versa. But this is Marvel poking at its own big event from back in the day. So I don't know, man, like I'm not sure this was the right way to relaunch this book. Like I will say (laughs) for whatever reason over the last five years, Marvel has tried repeatedly to make the champions a thing because back in that aforementioned five year ago reboot, the reboot of the all-new Avengers was written by Wade, actually drawn by our good friend Mahmoud, and it the whole premise was you had some old-school Avengers teaming up with New Nova, Miss Marvel, and uh, uh, Miles, and, and Spider-Man. And that didn't work because people didn't like the mix, so they divided them up, right, and they made, they made the young... They, they made those young heroes carve off with some other young heroes into the champions, which Wade wrote initially. And then he continued to write the Avengers, which were that same group with other veteran. He separated them out um, and then left both books shortly thereafter. But 
but they have tried for five years to make the champions a thing with, uh, with Kamala, Miles, and Nova at the heart of it. And I personally like the group. Like, I think it's a, it's a, I'm all for it, but it, you got to wonder, like, how many times do you want to throw, do you want to throw something at the wall before you decide, like, you're not going to break down the wall, right? I mean, yeah. Like, this is, I think, the fourth or fifth effective reboot of the series, right? To try and make them a thing. Well, it was, it was, it was the Wade Ramos, and then it was, um, well, I got. I think you got to include the Avengers though, because the way like, right? Because yeah. it was it was that that once when Wade did that that yeah that 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 gave him the excuse to 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 give the kids their own title, right. um, and then yeah, so and and then yeah, there was the the one recently where it, there was a bunch of characters and um, the kids had some. Uh, growing up to do in that series and now and and then that ended um and and i think i think it ended early but it also i guess was going to allow them to um because yeah it is they are rebooting it but in this case it's also tying into um the event for the kids it's like you mentioned was is outlawed so yeah it's it's and I'm I'm pretty sure this is only a mini series to go for as long as Outlawed is going for, and then uh, when that run its when that runs finishes running its course, um, this volume will end, and then another writer will take them on. I guess people just have that champion is story. Is it a mini series? I don't. Re- I didn't get any sense from reading the issue. It said a mini series, but I don't think it's it's published as that but i think it's only going i feel like it's only going to run for as long as the outlawed story okay runs. i was gonna say yeah because it doesn't say like one of but okay right yeah it's quite possible mm-hmm. yeah so probably not the most like glowing in your travels but but i, I have I, on, I i have it, it it's going to be red i have it with me i just yeah i want that i want these characters to stick like the yeah. core characters and i love and i really did think demeo's art was was great and i think if Ewing. I can't say I've read a ton of her work so far, but but what I've read, I, I I think she's more than competent. Like I'm I'm so I had nothing against this issue. I just wonder, like, regardless of my personal enjoyment of these characters, is like how many times do they have to try and make it a thing before you have to decide it's not a thing? Mm-hmm. So, but for those of you that want it to be a thing in your travels, yeah. make sure you read Champions number one. Nice. Vince is like, I don't want this to be a thing. Yeah, no, never. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you very much for being here with us. Uh, onwards and upwards, right? From here on, it, we're just going to keep doing what we do um, in new and different ways, hopefully. And uh, we'll be here for you. If you uh, love this, like I said, go to the Twitter and the Facebook and the Reddit and the Instagram and the Patreon we are there. We're everywhere. We love you. Say good night. Wow. What? Just trying to throw you off. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, next anniversary episode we'll be able to do it. Oh, right. David. <laughs> this is like whatever. Oh, he just got all that slick in there. Good night. You're never going to get it. Because <laughs> he's timing it. That's what he does. Let me see. He's got a sundial. No, he's got a digital. 
He's he's looking at you. Go, boop. He doesn't have. He's got the the, the kind of digital. Remember when you David? Used to, should I do it as softly as you? Do? Oh my god! I like that. You suppress the button and you'd be like, "Go ahead, run around the block. I'll stop it when you come back." Bump. Then he's that's what he does. Yeah, complete with the little the, the little shoestring rope. Yep. Dear yeah. Dear Digital Watch, wake me up in the morning. Bop, 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 yeah. 8-bit. That's what happened. Casio calculator. <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. I got that. 32 plus 79 equals... Little fucking buttons. What the Boom. Fuck? You can do those little buttons. Yep. I don't have any women in my life, but I got a damn fine oh, wristwatch. That's right. Yeah. We love you, people. Thank you for being here. Wait a minute. I, I don't mean to laugh, but the headline on CNN right now is... Oh, shit. At least 8,000 mink dead after contracting COVID-19. Uh, it's like, not... like, what? Yeah. It's... I mean, Why are you laughing? That mink, like mink, as in like... I understand what you're talking about, but the fact that it's jumping from humans to... I mean, that's pre- it's pretty... Uh, the whole, yeah, but like mink, like... I don't think... It seems very, very strange to and me. And I don't think okay. mink in Utah either, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Just struck me as funny. I don't know. Yeah, well, they call me evil. (laughs) Come back next time. We love you so much. Get out there, register to vote, hug your loved ones, wear a mask, wash your hands, and come back next time because we'll be here. That's the one thing you can be assured of in this whole mm, crazy world in which we live. We will be here every week for you. Staff, you backing me up? Okay, this is Darren calling you from Ireland. I just want to say congrats on 700 episodes. And also, congrats to Jason for the 500 episodes he's been involved in so far. Seriously, though, thanks for producing such wonderful content, as well as creating such a fantastic comic community. I love being a part of it. Slaunch and look forward to 700 more. Cheers. Hey, guys, this is Jeff Bouchard. Just wanted to congratulate you on hitting an amazing milestone, uh, much like a fine wine, you're getting better with age, and uh, just wanted to say thank you for all the great content, and congrats. Gentlemen, it's Jeff Carter. Congratulations on 700 episodes. You've been a regular part of my life for a long time now, and I really appreciate it. Keep it up. Thanks. Hi, this is Slipadipa. And hey, hey what? <laughs> this is Drunk Ray. This is Drunk Arnie. This is Getting Drunk Caleb. This is Sober Felipe. Wait, I just see my name at the very beginning. <laughs> you can tell there was a lot of effort and planning into this uh, phone call. Which one, so, uh, which one of us was supposed to do the script again? That would have been you, Flip. Was it me? Because I had no idea we were doing a script. Anyways, hey, happy 700 episodes. I have listened to maybe like 100 or so. Anyways. Happy 700, guys. I've listened to them all more than once and sometimes when I'm asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Happy 700, guys. Uh, I've listened to most of them. Um, I'm, you know, only 60 or 80 episodes behind right now. So it's all good. It's close enough. Happy 700, guys. I've only listened to the episodes that I was on, because those are the important. Like, at least one-third of the crew decided to skip out. No. You're on the show? Oh, shit. I must have missed those episodes.
I'll, I'll catch up. I'll, I'll find out eventually. And if Hassan was here, he would say happy 700 and something really snarky and smart-assy. Uh, but, yeah, he can't be with us today. So, Go uh, DC. Yeah. He really is the best of us. He is. He really is. Here's the 800. Yeah, here, here's the 800. Maybe with the 800, yeah. Here's the 700 more. Yeah. The real can't stop, won't stop. Here's Blake. Cheers. Right. Now how do I hang up? That's it for that one.